My name is John and I'm at Paint School on Instagram. I've done over $15 million in paint jobs and I'm based out of Huntington Beach, California. Aaron is at Alpha Painting on Instagram. He's managed huge commercial projects with impossible timelines and now is a few years into building his own operation out of Branson, Missouri. And you should probably check out our full process videos on YouTube because they're pretty badass. Our point of doing this podcast is to put our 40 plus years of combined experience to the test. We've seen a decline in the industry, and while I think it's a bit arrogant to think we can change it, we're giving it a shot. Listen up and let us know what you think. This is Paint Sniffer Podcast. All right, we're back on. We've got Sam, the right painter, um, still a number one contender until now. <laughs> now we've got uh, Danny on here from Top Line. Uh, probably everybody that listens to this is going to know who he is. Um, but Danny, what is your Instagram handle? It's at Top Line underscore PSC. There you go. And then Danny also has a podcast that he does. Um, that was a little bit of inspiration for me to want to do this one and to want to get my voice out. Uh, that's one where you do it really well. You're really honest about it. And I think it's really helpful to people. Uh, and what is the, the podcast name? Real Paint Talks of PSC. There you go. Yeah, you can find it on all streaming platforms. It's great. Yeah, it's a good listen. And yours are like uh, hour-ish, right? <laughs> well, sometimes. <laughs> the last few were... Well, since I brought it live, it's been like three hours right. plus, but yeah. So the live ones you're doing are pretty cool. Cause they're like a little bit interviewish and yeah. you get to do paint talk for a long time. Yeah. The monologue stuff was hard to do. I couldn't get three hours by myself. Yeah. It'd be really tough. Yeah. I did a couple like 10 and 15 minute ones solo and it is awkward. You know, yeah. you're like listening to yourself and I, I would say, um, a lot. And um, um, <laughs> like, that's what I was going to say to Aaron before all that editing I would do was like just going through and all the ums, just chopping them out of there, all the dead space. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. 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 It gets tricky. It's a lot of work too, doing all the editing. It is. All right. So I think we'll do a little catch up. Aaron, how's your Centurion project going? You're like, are you halfway through? Or are you three quarters of the way through? Um, I, I think I'm. I'm very close to half, I think, maybe three quarters. But uh, so I, I'm uh, trying to turn over all of the small rooms. Um, Jeremiah's on our nightmare project, fucking <laughs> doing punch and painting, uh, shoe molding and stuff like that. So I'm hoping. Nice. So you're going to be, be out done. of that one soon? Yes, very soon. I'm probably going to go over there Friday and kind of help him, you know, push through most of the stuff. Um. So yeah, we're about half to three quarters, I think. So after tomorrow, we'll, I'm going to start pulling all my paper off the beams and I'm going to whitewash and antique those. And then uh, all the, you know, probably towards the end of next week, all, all we'll have left is a great room. So Nice. How are you liking this interior? You're getting into finish now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like it, man. Uh, like we, we've touched on it a bit before um and i think as we get into this this fpe shit and we start talking about it like in my opinion the the centurion just like uh the water-based lacquers like fucking kim aqua and shit like that um it it is not what people say it is out of the can so um with the the reason i went with centurion is just because 
after using the FPE. Like, I didn't want to feed into any fucking hype, and Centaurian has a thickening agent, so I ordered it, you know, quite a bit of that, and I've been able to adjust the product to my liking, which, you know, as I've stated before, I am 12 to 13 times more than what they what they say you need to thicken it or what what the recommendations are so yeah i just saw a post i think today on facebook um it must be a centurion distributor um because he made a post saying i've been shipping out a ton of thickener lately can anybody tell me why what kind of products are you guys using it in (laughs) maybe it's me (laughs) i'm probably the only guy out there using 60 gallons of it on a job well, uh, but if you're using it at super thin out of the can and they have a thickening option, then maybe everybody's getting hip to it, right? It's like, yeah. oh, well, nobody. this shit is great when it's thickened up. Nobody knew any better. So the viscosity in the five-gallon buckets of the 1107 was about half as thin as the singles. So um, I, I think, you know, uh, what the the uh, spec sheets say for the 1107 is one teaspoon and I am at 30 milliliters um, for the 400 series 1K, and I'm at 60 milliliters for the 1107. So as I said, 12 to 13 times more. However, I am using it in a production environment. So versus shooting it with like a 308 and trying to be fine finish, I'm at a 310 because I couldn't imagine using anything smaller than that to spray walls and ceilings with. So uh, my goal is to, you know, build it. But Having said that, when I initially did my first coats, um, you know, I was at two mils wet and it was wanting to run. So, um, you know, I, I think the thickening agent is is essential for it, in my opinion. But, you know, if you look at all the, the you know, the guys pushing this product, I've never seen anyone say anything to the contrary. contrary, contrary. It's like they're shooting it out of the can and it's fucking better than sliced bread kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's one of the downsides to like, so I think social media overall for us in painting has been a good thing, like net positive. Um, But some of the downsides is like you're introducing products and then not talking about the downsides, you know? So today we're going to get into FPE on it and what our experience has been with it. And that's a product where everyone talks about upside and look at me and look at my doors and look at my cabinets and, I only use the best, you know, all that shit. Uh, But nobody's talking about the downsides, which for some people may not be a big deal. For some people, it may create a nightmare on their project. You know, if they're pushing it and they don't have all the experience with it, they're pushing it because they see all these other high volume companies doing it. And then they get fucked and lose $5,000 on a project because they didn't know it takes so long to dry or they didn't know this product or that product or whatever. You know, even for you, Aaron, on the Centurion, it's like you're having to do some trial and error uh, in the middle of the pro- or in the beginning of the project, right? You have some idea that they have thickener. You have some idea that, you know, you might like you went into it with a whole 20 year background and knowledge going into this product saying, OK, I, I've seen what some people use it on. I've seen what the finishes look like. Uh, you talk to the sales reps, you talk about you know, viscosity, you're going through all this shit, right? So you, you go in like with a leg up on probably the majority of painters out there. Um, And then you're still having to do some tweaking to it and you're adding in a little bit of thickener and then a little more, and then you're calling sales reps to say, Hey, how much of this stuff can I add? Okay. I'm adding more. 
right? And then you get it to a place where now it's really nice for you to use. What about the people that don't know how to do all that? What about the people that get the recommendation to only add one teaspoon and it does nothing to change the viscosity? And now they've got runny product. They don't know what to do with it. They sold a $10,000 cabinet job with it. Like that's a lot of information that doesn't get put out there that I think is yeah. kind of our goal is to talk about that a bit. Yeah, if I couldn't thicken the shit, um, it would just be the same story as it was for me with with uh, uh, Cam Aqua. You know, I was told by my Sherwin Williams reps, yes, you can shoot it airlessly. Um, I did a cabinet package. Um, I I you know use shellac as my primer, and I was on my doors because I shot them horizontally. I w- I think I was two like heavy coats of Cam Aqua, um, but it still ran around the edges of the doors and shit mm-hmm. now with my cabinet boxes as fast as you could just fucking piss <laughs> that shit on there and move your hand mm-hmm. with a 308 that shit would you know almost still want to run um and i think i was upwards of like six coats on my boxes so if the centurion or any 2k is like that and i don't have the ability to adjust it i'm not going to fucking use it so that's what pointed me towards centurion is because after using the fine paints and you know consulting with multiple people and i did so much research just to use a fucking water-based fucking paint you know what i mean i i with the centurion i was like fuck it i'm just gonna get this shit I, I might ask a couple of questions, but I'm just going to roll with it. I'm going to figure it out on my own. 60 gallons is enough for me just to pull the trigger and see what happens. So $10,000 um, in material. No yeah. So I, I, I talked to one guy on Instagram that I, I look up to. Um, and, uh, you know, we, and we discussed, uh, multiple 2k products like six, eight months ago or so. Um, and then, he kind of gave me, you know, I was bringing up Chem Aqua and he's like, he pretty much said, dude, it's Chem Aqua. You're going to want to get the thickening agent just in case. So that was, that was what I did. And then the only other time I made a phone call or asked any questions was I called the, the rep who sold it to me and I asked him, uh, am I going to break spec as if I put as much of this thickening agent as I want into it? And he said, no. So that was like, fuck it. It's getting six, 30 milliliters. Go and then, time. I, I go and then I'm like, fuck it, it's going to get 60 milliliters and I go. So, you know, that kind of opened me up to developing a system for it. So, you know, like I said, as of right now, I'm 60 milliliters in the 1107 with half a quarter catalyst per gallon and 30 milliliters in the 400 series. And it, you know, the viscosity on the 1107 is still a bit unstable, but the 400 series really shoots like, you know, like a domestic coating, like uh, emerald urethane. So, yeah, but that, you know, and that's part of the problem though, is like the guys who use that all the time, like pump it up. <clears throat> they only talk about glass factory and this stuff's amazing. And the vertical hang is amazing. And I'm stacking my doors same day, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Nobody's like at, it, it was fucking terrible at first until I thickened it up. Right. Nobody's like going through that process. Just think if you're like a new, new to these products and you order from Centurion because you see it all over social media and you don't know you can add all this thickener to it and you just use it out of the can and it's like running everywhere. Like, fuck, yeah. what did I do? You, you got to understand doing? too, like all these guys that are pushing these 2K products are guys that come from the era of 
uh, fucking gravity fed and siphon fed HVLP fucking air systems. Mm-hmm. And they're used to shooting products like fucking conversion varnish. Yeah. You know what I mean? So horizontally it, in a shop as well. Yeah, yeah dude. So yeah. like these guys, these guys don't know shit about architectural coatings. They're essentially carpenters that are fucking painting cabinets. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're, they're fin- <laughs> yeah. finishers. So I, I don't finishers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't look to those guys at all in terms of, um, looking for any advice or anything like that because they don't comprehend the background that we come from. So what we're looking for doesn't translate to what they're fucking selling. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not, not everybody's aware of that though. You just see a company doing cabinet refinishing and you're like, well, I also do cabinet refinishing. So maybe they know what's up. And I think meanwhile, uh, even though, I know he gets heat for it. Danny's just laughing at all of us while we go through the whole trial and error phase using all the two K's and the fine paints of Europe. <laughs> He's sticking with lacquer. Well, I was, I could <laughs> laughing at all of us. I could, I can understand where Aaron was coming from though, because when I kind of first was telling people, cause they're like, man, like, what are you like? That's amazing. What are you using? And I'm telling them like, it's mostly lacquers. A lot of guys never messaged me back. Cause they're like, Oh, well I can't even get that. I don't even want to go that route. So it's like right away they they're like, okay, whatever. But then I was getting a lot of the 2K guys that were sort of passively aggressive. I don't I don't not maybe not, but they were always like, so why are you still using lacquer? Why are you doing that? You know what off gases, you know it's not healthy, you know it's not this. I'm like, listen, for practicality to do what we're doing, I couldn't use those products. It'd be way too expensive. And I was gonna say, Aaron, um, I did a uh a show home here in town and I didn't have the choice on product and the guy shows up. I was subcontracting at subcontracting at the time and he shows up with Chem Aqua and he gave me the Chem Aqua, the top coat and the surfacer primer. And it was the same thing. But everyone that I talked to about it, it was still sort of so kind of new around here because guys are still using a lot of lacquers that no one had the answers. But that was like the first time I started dipping into the 08 orifices because I was like, yo, this is I can't put it to half pressure and you know i kind of you know so yeah but it was a nightmare but it's a lot of the stuff that people don't they don't think about they just see and they don't think they don't start to like you say break down everything that's behind it like hmm. but people just see man yeah. and they just want to jump on it they just want to jump. yeah that shit ain't no joke either dude it has zero vertical hang there was so. nothing and i was using it on bare mdf so the primer at first so it's like you're already physically adjusting from your first coat to primer. So I was putting primer on. I'm like, yeah, oh, fuck, this is, this isn't, this is great. Yeah, it was thin, but it's going on to bare wood. And then you come to that sanded primer for your first coat. The first door I shot it on, cause I'm a, I'm a like check your work kind of guy. Sprayed it, came back a few minutes later and it was just curtains. I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh fuck, what the hell? And then right there, everything stopped. I'm like, okay. We got to figure this out. What is this shit? Like, what the hell's going on here? And yeah, yeah, just like you said, we were up to six, seven coats of whatever between primer and top coat before it would even cover for one, of course, because it's white, right? So, but yeah, a lot of shit. So people two don't things. Know. Yeah, two things with the guys pushing the two K products. So if you look at Cam Aqua, like it is akin to a lot of these two K coatings yeah. for. Uh, and that's the way that I looked at it. And that's why I went with Centaurian is because the, the thickening agent was my backup plan. Right. So um, if I didn't have that and it acted like Chem Aqua, which the 1107 without thickening agent uh, does act similar, not as bad, but fucking similar. Um, and 
you know, all those guys say it likes to be sprayed airlessly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there ain't no fucking way that you can come up with a production method uh, shooting Kim Aqua without an air assist. Impossible. It, it um, put an extra yeah. week on our timeline for that job just for that. Yeah. So. And then secondly, stain blocking. I've had some major, what you know, what you can only describe as like the guy, the main guys pushing this shit saying that uh, shellac, you know, is inadequate. You know, uh, 1107 will block better than shellac. You know, shellac is brittle, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it doesn't adhere as good. And, you know, 100%, you know, uh, your 2K primers are going to stain block better than shellac. 100% that is horseshit. You know, I've got windows, you know, and I'm going over cedar. I've got windows that are, you know, kind of, they're, you know, they're in rough shape. So they both have water stains and tanning bleed, but I have uh, two coated them with 1107 and prime them with their vinyl sealer and their stains still coming through, yeah. you know, and my, my top coat is, is somewhat tinted. So um, that shit is not bulletproof. Like if I would have just shellacked the windows, I would have been fine. You know what I mean? So, and to be fair, Cedar has pretty fucking bad stains. Oh yeah. That's yes. like, you pretty much put it to the maximum test <laughs> that you can yeah. on the interior surface. hundred um, percent. So yeah, it's not shellac for sure. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, a lot of the times too is people get excited. So they use it in a couple situations and then it's like, this does not like, this will stop tanning for sure. Right. And it's kind of hard to do that because there's so many variables. Like, I think we've all noticed that we can't just, this is brand new guys, but it's the best. How does that even right. work? Right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it happens a lot. It does. Ha days. It happens a lot. So I just think people get excited. Yeah. There's no, there's no one, one in all finished product. There's nothing like, there's always variables that you have to account for and look at and go, yeah, and adjust. You have to adjust. And that, yeah, I've never, I don't know a lot about it, but the some of these 2K guys, from my understanding, were kind of saying that Chem Aqua is at like the bottom of the barrel. And then some of the higher end products of the 2K, a lot of these guys say you can just like one prime, one top coat. And that's the way they're doing it. I'm like, really? Just one top coat? And a few guys said yes. And I was like, damn. So a lot of guys that are pushing it heavily will say that. You can either one prime or two prime and only one top coat. I've never liked that idea, no matter what, ever, you know, because primer, you need adhesion, right? Um, but your top coat is like your durability. That's like your wear and tear all comes with the top coat. Uh, so that, that concept never made sense to me, but I know a lot of guys push it. And I know that you can get coverage out of it. You technically could get away with it, right? But I think you're doing that as getting away with it. Even on a vertical? You know, like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so some of the products cover really well. So like yeah. Ilva is the 2K that I use here. And I only yeah. use it here because I have a local distributor. It's thick. It's like really thick. And I can lay it on heavy. Like it's it's kind of dummy proof. You know, we talked about this before, so I won't go too deep in. But it's pretty dummy proof. Like anybody, not anybody, but almost anybody could just spray it on and it's going to level out because nice. it's so thick. It has like such a long hang, hang time. Um, but I was going to say, so... Not everything is bad about these products though. Like they have a lot of good 
like nice qualities to them. Like Sam, you've been messing around with Envirolac for a while now on a couple projects. Um, I've been using Ilva for maybe close to a year, like on projects now. And it's the closest thing I've used, the thing that has the closest look to lacquer, right? Like I've been a lacquer guy for 15 years before this or 18 years before this. This is the, anything we've tried before is like, that wants to be a lacquer has never gotten even close to the finish. You know, like lacquer finish is just so tight. It's like as nice as it gets for interior. Um, the 2K polys are now finally like, they feel like lacquer, they look like lacquer, you know, like your fingernails slide right over them. Like it feels good. It feels really hard, really tight pores. Um, but who's to say like all these things don't fall apart in five years? You know, like no, none of us have been using them for five years or 10 yeah, years. Yeah. Almost all of us have used lacquer for 10 years, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And we know a lot of projects that are that old that have held up really well. Yeah. yeah. And there are a lot of bad lacquers too. It's, you know, it's like everything, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Danny, have you ever used uh, Southwest Builders fast dry yellow resistant alkyd enamel? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm sorry. I haven't. Have not no. Okay. We use a uh, we use a waterborne alkyd enamel from Cloverdale Paints. It's called Renaissance with the melamine sheen, and it kind of reminded me when John was saying that once it really dries and cures and hardens, it's a beautiful product. But of course, a lot of people don't like it because they think, well, it's been known for the whites to yellow, right? Um, yeah. so they have the multi-master now, which is more of the polyurethane end of that, but it's so expensive, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so you guys were touching on like, like, you know, multiple, you know, one coat finish coverage yeah. or whatever this to best describe, um, the way that I see the 2k working in my opinion. So, um, I'm doing two coats of 11. Uh, 1107 primer solely because it freaked me out that all the tannings pulled to the surface right, and you know off. i thought it yeah i thought it best to not chance it and make you know make sure that shit's blocked um with the if you know so if you're going over something that's previously finished you know whether it be lacquer or paint or whatever um you know you sand your the previous coating and you hit it with one coat of 1107 and it's smooth right you know as long as you don't sand a bare wood it's not going to fur fur back up or anything and then the 400 series um injected with 30 milliliters of thickening agent i could see that 100% as a as a method you know like straight up but you know if you adjust the product right you could go one primer, one finish. I could see formulating a method for that. So with, you know, with where I was at, like um, if it were to stay in block, which I didn't trust that it was, I could have done one primer and one finish, you know, the way everything felt. Now over raw wood, um, I furred on the, on the first primer coat, um, you know, slightly. It doesn't fur like, you know, vinyl sealers or lacquers or anything. Um, I sanded that. Um, did a, a secondary prime coat and, uh, did one top coat. So, um, yeah, I, I think, and the thing too, with the 2k is if you look at conventional white lacquer undercoater, it powders extremely well, you know, and it's still porous. So there may be like, you know, in a crew, if you were to be going over, 
a white lacquer undercoater with a fucking modified coating, you know, a modified acrylic or whatever, it's probably going to be best to do, you know, two light coats of finish. Um, if you're going over it with pigmented lacquer, you could probably get by with one top coat or whatever because it flashes off and you can build. Um, but I, I, I'm just trying to compare it to conventional means. Um, I think Centaurian, you could go with one primer, one finish as a system, as long as you have the products adjusted. Um, and then also the primer sands good, but it does not powder good in my opinion. That's what I was going to ask. Um, yeah, but it, it, it creates, it creates a lot of sheen retention. So the, the primer itself has, you know, you're, you're formulating, a um, you know, pretty much a barrier. So your top coat is going to have sheen retention. It's not absorbing into the primer like it would conventional means like an alkyd or a lacquer primer. So it's kind of just sitting there on the surface. So you can build sheen, sheen retention and consistency with the top coat. So you, you like it better than the FBE is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, we haven't even got into the FPE yet. Should yeah, we get but, into it? You know it? what I mean? I, I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's what we're here for. This is, this is just foreplay. I actually have, <laughs> actually I have do one, one, I do have one question before we get into that. Um, all the 2K juggernaut guys say that some of these primers do powder on like bare wood, um, like say MDF or like, like, is that true? Like, I'm still having a hard time believing it. That's like, cause I'm scared if they ever switch and take out the lacquers here, I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to use on all this MDF? I, I don't. So I'm testing it. So I don't know if anyone knows this, but white lacquer undercoater, uh, there's some type of chemical reaction with emerald urethane. Emerald urethane will not adhere to white lacquer undercoater. I don't know if they're telling people that, but I do know that that is a thing. There's, you know, uh, I'm testing right now using the 1107 as a primer over pre-prime because, you know, like, I don't know if you guys get or how it's been, you know, where you guys live, but the, whatever's going on with like these wood manufacturers and these lumber yards, they're shipping just these terrible fucking pre-prime door jam packages. We're having to sand, like break out the LS130 and sand the door stops down because it's like they've been rolled in, you know, it's they were rolled on the assembly line and there's just shit all over them. So we're having to sand back down a lot of our, our pre-prime door jams. But I don't, I don't like the, you know, the pre-prime shit anyway. I usually like to pre-sand it and then prime it. So I'm testing 1107 as a primer for emerald urethane. Um, so I'm not Danny confident. gets a lot of raw wood though. So he yeah. gets a lot of uh raw mdf i think aaron yeah. is probably the most uh particular about what powder is right when you're sanding yeah. so i think other people are looser mm -hmm. with that term I if, definitely am. if you look at uh gemini white lacquer undercoater is one of my favorites like that shit was so good it would make my organs heat up when i sprayed it so <laughs> yeah, I, co I come to the, la the Fucking... lacquer generation and sanding sealer sand seal and lacquer was our process and sand sealer Ooh, i love uh, how sanding sealer smells. it was oh yeah and it was just it sanded so smooth yeah. so easy and buttery and i would say the envirolac on the raw wood uh panels that we did um it, it adhered fine. Everything was good. The sanding, like I'm just using like 200 grit, 220 or something and just lightly scuffing it because there wasn't much to sand. It, it was pretty smooth. So. Yeah. I think what I'm going to personally do like over raw wood, 
I I am really considering like uh, shellac and then eleven oh seven and then it's not gonna it's not just straight up not gonna powder like white lacquer mm-hmm. undercoater period. Um, it it may powder similar to vinyl sealer, but mm, not no not in my opinion. It, uh, it's but the thing is is it sands good it just doesn't powder like you know conventional means i think we're gonna lose shellac here pretty soon in our county and i think we'll be okay for the most part using 2k primers <clears throat> it's not going to be bulletproof like the shellac would be for us you know it's like it's pretty much guaranteed to stop stains sometimes we'll have to spot prime again to block something really bad or really deep um, so I'm not too worried about, I, th- I think they've come far enough, uh, with the stain blocking in them that we'll be okay. It might be a little more of a headache, you know, having to reprime and all that. The sanding for us is not as good, but it's definitely not terrible. I mean, it's not, it's not like anything water-based, you know, it feels like a solvent-based product when you're sanding it. It's just not powdering like a lacquer undercoated wood. You know, I don't know anything that does though. I think I think essentially it, it is going to be my refinishing system. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I were to to carry this down the line, it's going to be for refinishing cabinets. Is is and solely it. And then me considering maybe if I'm going to prime some door jams, um, I I might consider it like pre you know use it for you know pre prime door jams or whatever. And then you know if solvent solvent born products fall completely off the line for us then yeah it's something to consider you know what i mean but if you have you know fuck we're already 20 30 years into this shit like i'm not going to stop using lacquers and stuff like that unless they take them from me like i'm already gonna die of cancer hey, you know, hey so. broke don't fix My it cold, dead hands <laughs> bring back vocs yeah. bring back voc yeah they serve the purpose i i right? don't you know with some of those things I've seen online with like the Centaurian clear coming off in sheets. And then I've talked to another guy that said, you know, he had some problems with it, but he's still using it. And he's trying to, you know, he's assuming that it was an incompatibility issue with the stain itself. Now, dude, fuck that. I'm going vinyl sealer and, you know, catalyzed. Did you see that, Danny, that post? For my clear. I did not. The guy's just peeling. Um, I think he did like a full package interior cabinets mm-hmm. vanities all that stuff and he made a post where he had to bring it all back to the shop and he's scraping it and he's literally scraping off sheets like two foot by four foot strips of this stuff just yeah. coming right off i think i saw that one too yeah and the stuff that i always and he's just like fuck i always start to think to about good. like like all the steps well, especially if it's a refinish, like all the steps from the last guy before, because that's stuff. Another thing that a lot of people don't talk about, they're always like, especially when they're bashing other products, cause like say if they're preaching that 2K is great and they're bashing the last product where it's like, you know, emerald urethane, that's a big one. Emerald urethane should never be on cabinets and they're at a job and they're scratching it off. I'm like, well, hold on, dude. You don't know what that guy did to prep for that paint job. Yeah. So you can't just blame it right there on that. But it's also a nice segue to be like, buy this. This is what's good. Here it is. Here it is. So there's a lot buy. of stuff that people don't people talk do about. It, it drives me nuts because there's so many things. The scratch test, all that stuff. It's like, listen, that's that's all great. But but I'm going to say this right now. Like I, I've done a lot of production work and 
um, I would have felt more comfortable putting property solutions on these fucking $20,000 fucking cabinet paint job that I did. And I would have definitely felt a whole lot more comfortable putting emerald urethane on them than fucking eco See, yeah. See, and you know what, dude? Sometimes I'm starting to do that myself. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be using lacquer anymore. <laughs> you know? But then I'm like, but hold on. I still got really good lacquer here. Like, we're not, they haven't, like, uh, thinned us down yet. Like, we still have really good lacquers here. I commend you for still using lacquer, man. It's a lost art. I'm like, man, I wish I could had lacquer projects still, man. Yeah. It's... Here, here's how I look at it. The major pushers, the major pushers at 2K that are saying that lacquer will fail in a kitchen in two years. Uh, one, I've never seen lacquer fail in a kitchen yeah. in two years. Two, you know that they, they're also the same guys that said that fucking 2K primer will. 100% block better than fucking uh, shellac. That is not true. I put it to the test, not only two coats of 1107 after I was told that one coat would block plus fucking vinyl sealer. So that's bullshit. So I'm definitely not going to trust those, the guys that are pushing that stuff to tell me any fucking thing. Like if I want to use a product, I'm going to use it and I'll make my own assessments. I, I am no more reaching out to guys and asking yeah. them any fucking questions. I don't think I have asked my paint rep a question, technical question, in probably 15 years. I ask them about supply. Oh, is my it, paint is rep it doesn't even know what 2K is. is. A half of them don't know. They're just they're corporate ladder climber guys. Yeah. That, it's our job to train our paint reps. That's how I look at it. Like, yeah, It's yeah, like that here, too. They, they are not very... They know about their products if they have to sell them, but it's like, hey, like, what if I did it like this? They have application, they're out to lunch. I see the the hand oils for cabinets, you know, around the, the handles and then the pulls. Always hand oils will make uh, advanced and emerald urethane deteriorate over time. I, I've seen that without any protective coating over that coating. That's why I was looking towards the 2k things and i did a lot of research we only could get the envirolac here and i went with with that route and i could tell because i've used so many different products over my career that the primer was pretty awesome like I, i i'm not concerned with the finish that i got with both of them that 10 years from now or five years from now or two years from now that that's gonna really fall apart i mean if you look at it long enough and you know what paints, you know, you scratch it and just, I felt really good about it, like, personally, but I'll, ch- I'll check it in a couple of years for sure, but. Well, that's how I am too. Like, I, I, I tested this stuff and messed around with it in shop for like a year before we did on any projects, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I just want to mess around with it. I want to let it bang around the shop. I want to do, you know, like I did it over raw wood. I did it over no primer, product over raw wood, product straight over a uh, varnish cabinet door. Um, and then a primer system, a couple of different primer systems, thicker, thinner. Like I went through the whole, the whole testing phase for like a year before doing it on any of my own projects, like any of our paying projects. I, I look at um, it too, as uh, an, an employee, you know, a training issue as well, because it's pretty easy to use product. And like, I couldn't teach somebody how to spray high gloss oil right now and keep a wet edge with one year, two years experience. Just learning how, how even lacquer. Yeah, how fast yeah, lacquer you have to keep a wet edge and you have to know when to stop, when to start. You once you start watching your spray fan come out and the viscosity, that's hand eye coordination that's acquired over time. And to get it perfect every time, 
it's you can't expect that out of somebody with one or two year or even training somebody it, it takes a lot of time and I'm not that big of a company to want to worry about those things and it was pretty forgiving with the 2k and that's why I stopped using absolutely emerald urethane Benjamin Moore advanced because it was touchy and it took forever to cure and I, I dreaded cabinet jobs and now I'm like fuck yeah let's do some cabinets yeah and I'm glad I didn't try FBE because you guys did. <laughs> Danny, I think when you do eventually have to stop using lacquer, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with the 2K yeah. stuff. Assuming it holds up long term, I think during the application process, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I think probably with most of the mm -hmm. brands, I don't know about all of them, um, but I think most of the brands are pretty dummy proof. Like Sam was saying, like I could have my guys that could 100% not do lacquer they could spray these yeah. 2K coatings. By the, by the time you're done, you'll be able to see everybody else, you know, in a year or two from now, you'll it, it'll come out which one is the better product, you know, because you pay attention to those things. <laughs> yeah. you know, people, I'm going to have like fucking yeah. 500 kitchen cabinets. That's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I don't even think they know yet. What's interesting is I, what's interesting is I, uh, after you know injecting 30 milliliters of thickening agent into the 400 series um uh john sent me a, a you know a pic of just him sticking a stir stick into a bucket of ilva yeah and it just sits there so you can you can tell that ilva still is thicker than centurion after thickening centurion i would say by probably 30 percent from the looks of it it's a really thick coating, like abnormally thick. When I first started using it, it's like, dude, is this even going to push through the sprayer? You know, it feels like almost like elastomeric oh. kind of viscosity, but it's not as heavy. It's way machine like, eater lighter. The elastomeric. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thick product. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I made a rookie mistake with yeah. the Envirolac um, and uh, my top coat. It, it was sitting in, you know, a five gallon of it sitting out for too long and I just grabbed it and poured it into the, the sprayer and I did not stir it. And uh, I, had, I had some, you know, it chalked up and started just full on checking on the whole thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, rookie mistake. And then <laughs> I, was, I opened it up and I was like, I should probably open these fives and mix them every time. But that was, yeah, that was my yeah. bad. <laughs> you know better than I that. I do. All right. So we'll get into some FBE. Uh, I think. First up front, you know, there's like, this is one of those products where there's a lot of FPE dick writers out there. And then there's everyone else who doesn't know, right? It's like, there's the guys that are using it, talk about only the good stuff about it. None of the downsides, none of the issues. Um, look at the shiny finish. And I think it's shiny. Yeah. Look how shiny it is. You know, like the magician trick, right? Um, don't pay attention to anything else. But I think, you know, rather than just shit on the product or anything like that, um, I could see a, a way for a, a company to build their business around this brand. And I think that's more what they're designed for. You know, they have their certification process, which my understanding is it's more of a sales training than it is a product training. Um, and I could see a company, you know, I was originally going to do a monologue on this podcast and tell everyone I'm changing my company to FP only and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I, I the points I want to go into is like, I could do that. 
I'm in an area where I have enough high value homes. You know, we have Newport Beach, Laguna Beach, like we have a lot of high end neighborhoods. We have some of the highest value homes in the country, uh, you know, in certain parts of Newport and Laguna. Um, so I did a little bit of research in order to get my monologue ready. There's only seven, seven people in all of California that are certified FPE people, right? And they're all Northern California, uh, mostly like around the San Francisco area where there's, there's more volume of high dollar homes there, right? We have a lot of high value here, but it's spread out a little bit. So if I could get certified, which I think as long as I just buy enough volume, I talk about it all the time on social media, I go to the certification. Now I'm a certified painter, right? Um, yeah, if if you put out that FPE persona. You can you can buy you can <laughs> yeah. buy a certificate online, dude. I'll print you one up. <laughs> so let's say I go through the steps, right? I, I could build my company around that. I could say, hey, I'm the only FPE painter in all of Southern California. So I've got LA, Orange County, San Diego. Like there's a lot of money along this coast. I could say that's all we're doing now. We're not doing anything else. Um, the My prices are higher than everyone else's. Hey, I'm the only person that does it. You want it done, you got to come to me, right? I could corner the market in these three counties with just bazillions of dollars um, of potential upside. Um, the issues that come up, you know, if it's dry time, if it's, you know, recoat time, the expense of the product, I could write all that off as I'm a really high end company. Like, yeah, your front door is going to cost $10,000. And yes, you're not going to have a door for 20 or 30 days. Right. Um, but then you're going to have a door that nobody else has that nobody else can do. Cause I'm the only FPE specialist here. Right. That's I'm the only person. Look, you want a, a door that looks that nice and you want your friends to be jealous and your neighbors to be jealous. And you want to be the kind of person that can say, guess how much my front door costs for the paint alone? $10,000, right? It's like, whoa, all right. There's a lot of customers out there that are like that, right? It's people that get like wood shipped in from Europe that cost, you know, whatever, $150 a board foot. Like there's people that will buy it. You know, you want a high gloss ceiling. Uh, it's going to be $30,000 and it's going to take me six weeks, you know? And like, it, that's, I could just stick to my guns on that, right? And say, look, it's not for everybody. I understand if you don't want to pay that. I understand if you don't want to wait that long. That's no problem, you know, and just sell it that way, right? I could I could sell a project like that. I could sell kitchen cabinets for thirty dollars or $40,000 and tell someone's going to take six or eight weeks to do their project and sell them on how special it's going to be when I'm done, right? Like this is the best quality paint, no fillers, highest level of sheen of any product you can get domestically, blah, 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 blah. Um, I can make my employees feel special, right? I could say, hey, employees, we're the only ones in all of Southern California that do this product. And you guys are doing it. You guys are special. <laughs> we're like the SEAL Team 6 of painting, right? Like nobody can touch us. Uh, that would help with hiring probably. You know, I'd probably pay guys more, but also I'm charging more, you know? Uh, I might feel better about myself because I'm like uppity, right? Like I'm the fancy guy in town. Like none of you guys can even touch me. Like. We don't even shop at the same paint stores, you know, like I'm, I'm fancy. <laughs> you guys are doing regular painting. I'm doing art, mm -hmm. right? Like I do art in solid colors, you know, <laughs> I could 100% see how a company builds their business around this brand, but for the regular painting business, that's using 
domestic paint. I don't even like that fucking term, but that's using domestic paint. Uh, there, there's almost no reason to use a product like this, you know, almost none. Like if you want to play around with it, if you want to, um, you know, experiment with it, like I messed around with it like a year ago, I painted my front doors with it on my house. Um, you know, I did a brushed finish with the Holland Lack Brilliant, used their primer, used their finish, and it's it looks nice, right? Like we did our uh, some wrought iron inside with it. It looks nice. Like if you look at it, it's like, oh, that looks nice. But it's not, it doesn't look special, you know, unless I spent, uh, I don't know, a month doing it, right? Then maybe it looks special. And I won't deny like these, some of these high gloss doors that you see on Instagram look really nice. You know, like they're getting super nice finishes out if of that's it. that's what you're into. But for almost every painting company, right. Yeah. And even the, the type of clients that, like finding a client that wants a high glass, high gloss, ultra shiny front door, that's not for everybody. You know, like there's certain parts of the country um, that might do it a little more, but the majority of the country won't. Like, Aaron, I can't see you selling any high gloss doors in your area, you know, for eight grand. Maybe now, one a year. I think, uh, I, I think I will probably get some of the oil primer and the, the brilliant. Um, and I will play with it just because, but, you know, I, I would say fucking two days into using the eco, I was fucking pissed off. You know, I felt like <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was slided. Um, and really the, the only reason that I ended up into the eco was I was trying to order the oil primer and the, uh, oil eggshell. Cause that, that, you know, I wanted to put oil on these cabinets and FPE was out of the oil and they walked me into the, uh, into the eco and they, they, you know, all they said how it was viable and there's hundreds of people that put the eco on cabinets and yada, yada. I, this was like an hour long phone call. You know what I mean? Um, and I was just trying to cover my bases because I, I knew in the back of my head that, you know, I was, uh, I, I probably needed to go with a 2K coating. Um, this was an extremely dark color too. And one of the selling points of their, you know, of their primer was that you can tint the primer hundred percent to the finish. Yeah. So that I mean, that, that sound, yeah, that sounds appealing, you know, and, and I, I cross-referenced, you know, like, is this stuff going to dry hard? Is it durable? Um, you know, I talked to some guys, you know, that, you know, said that it was extremely viable on, on woodwork and cabinets, other guys that were like, you know, it's, it's a good paint, but it's probably not as hard as say scuff X, you know, and I, you know, counter with, but is it close to it? You know what I mean? Like I did everything that I could do with consulting people. So, um, I fired off initially with some accent walls that were retaining moisture because this wood, uh, you know, I'm sure they didn't let it, you know, they didn't kiln dry it properly. So by the time it was installed, I didn't have heat. So it took forever to get it to acclimate. Um, so I waited quite a while on these accent walls. Um, and then I shellacked them. And then I did the uni primer and the eco top coat. Now, admittedly, right after I shot the primer, I knew, you know, okay, I put that shit on too, too heavy. So by the time I got into the top coat, um, I was backing off, um, 
And, you know, I, I started noticing on these accent walls, well, fuck, there's something, you know, there's something going on. Like, and I wanted to keep attributing it to the fact that these, these accent walls were retaining moisture. So I had, you know, moisture content in these accent walls that were probably preventing the paints from drying and curing properly, as well as my temperature and my humidity levels. You know, I live in a high humidity environment. You know, you're talking 90 degrees at 100% humidity in the summer. Jesus. Um, That's a worse worse environment, first off, to paint anything. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of wood, Aaron? Sorry to interrupt. What kind of wood was it? The, those accent walls were pine. Um, so that was, you know, I, I got through those accent walls and I was like, okay, well, that was my marker to figure out um, like film thickness and stuff. You know, I started gauging it to where I started investigating once I got into the cabinets, you know, and I was still experiencing the same issues. So like these cabinets are fucking dry. You know what I mean? They've acclimated for months. There should be no reason why my paint is not drying. So, um, I'm talking like, you know, we, we shellacked everything, you know, all, all of our, you know, I, I lacquered the interiors of the cabinets. I knew, I knew like off the bat, like, dude, I, I'm not fucking around with anything on the, the interiors of the cabinets. So everything was vinyl sealed and a uh, catalyzed lacquer. Um, Let me uh, interrupt you real off. quick. So we had, I want to just pre-qualify this a little bit. We're all able to get nice finishes out of this product. When all is said and done at the end of the day, we have products that you could turn over close out the pro like this project that you did it's a big project there's not it's not only fpe on this on this site but these are two parts to it that were obviously issues but that project is being closed out you're being paid for it like it's not like we can't get to a good result with this project with with the products that we're yeah. using getting getting um, there but it's all the issues on the way there yeah yeah i i I have a premium result, but you know, I, I could have a premium result with something else as well. Right. Well, oil is nothing yeah. new. You guys, I mean, it's, that's what I think. We used to, it, it, the reason we stopped using oils is because it took so long to dry and cure unless you put additives in like Japan dryer and things like that. And it yellows. And it's, yeah. it's like they're, you know, they, they've made sliced bread, but now they're trying to sell us bread again. That's not sliced. And it's, I, I get it. It's, it's hipster cool, but it's just not uh, feasible. Even with the whole, you have to create your own market, your own sales pitch to give somebody that higher end thing, which it's not for everybody and could cause your company a lot of problems. If you think that that's going to be your answer to making it rich in this industry, that's my, my issue with it. So, so here's, here's the thing, like, um, once I started getting into the cabinets and I realized, okay, well, it's not, it's not my high humidity levels. It's not my moisture content, you know, um, am I applying it wrong? So, you know what I mean? I started mill gauging, you know, I, I contacted fine paints, they, and you can't quote me on these numbers, but it was something like 3.47 mils or something stupid. You know what I mean? Um, 
and I was gauging it to two and a half mils. So I was under their mil spec. There should be no reason why I was not drying because if you call and you ask anyone and you know, you say you're having a problem with this product drying their first, it's like they're trained to tell you this, you know, is that you're putting it on too heavy. You're putting it on too heavy. You're putting it on too heavy. And you know, in their defense, this product does like to be shot thin. Um, and it lays down, you know, you can essentially turn down your pressure and, you know, fuck, 1500 to 1800 psi piss it on with a 308 and your orange pill will lay down now there is a point to where it being too thin the orange pill will dry with texture but um there's like a perfect a perfect point between two and three mils um now having said that like you know i i ended up you know i'm into it uh Fuck, I, I don't re- remember what I spent on the FP, but I'm I think I'm well over three thousand dollars into the material. Like I can't, I can't just stop and fucking be like, <laughs> no you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> I'm gonna throw all this shit in the trash. You know what I mean? So I knew, I knew the process was gonna be a nightmare. I I experimented as I went. Like we had to get the boxes done. So I lacquered all the boxes. I bagged them off. I shellacked them. We sanded. I fucking primed. We sanded. And then I top coated. And I did that back to back as quick as I could. Now, once that was done, uh, that allowed my process to continue with the rest of the house. And I played with the doors. Well, you know, let's do some doors. Uh, how long do they have to sit until I can sand them? You know, uh, fucking never. They will never sand. That's how long. <laughs> fucking, you know, I let them set for like two weeks and Beautiful and doors. they would not fucking yeah. sand. Still wet. Still wet. Gummy. <laughs> so, you know, the end, the, you know, I, I'm not, it's paint, dude. The end result, you run your hands on it and it's like, ooh, whatever, dude. Like I, I personally, I run my hand on this Centaurian and it feels more silky smooth than the fucking FPE. And what are they charging me for the FPE? $160 per three quarts. You know, why would I use it if I, if I have this nightmare now, another, so this is what ended up happening. Like I got, I got through this cabinet package because I had to, um, you know, and then whatever the, the builders are coming in to, do floors and baseboards and everything I've done is getting fucking destroyed because it is not scar it resistant. It's not scuff resistant and it's not asshole resistant. You know what I mean? Like it's all getting destroyed. Awesome. It's all covered in dust. Cool. I guess at least it touches up well. Right. But one of, one of the key things is we, we, you know, John had brought this up to, you know, to one of the guys that, you know, does this stuff and he's like huh he's like eco's he it's like he laughed and he said well i could have told you that eco's not for cabinets that's what we put on walls well if you read fpe's specs like it specifically says cabinets woodwork trim shit like that and that got me thinking like you're talking about an oil modified coating that's still yellow so i mean it doesn't have the drying agents it's still fucking yellow. So my argument, you know, or my question would be to that dude is like, well, if, if this is not a cabinet paint, which fine paints tells me that it is, why the fuck would I put 
paint on a wall that fucking yellows. Why would I do that? You know what I mean? Well, if you if you buy a if you go buy a, a Lamborghini and Lamborghini is a lemon, you're not going to tell your friends that you're having issues with your Lamborghini. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, <laughs> why, why would you do that? I mean, you're just going to be like, no, I mean, it's still a Lamborghini and it's it's the fastest and it's the best, but it, they don't tell you that the motor's about to blow. Um, you know, it doesn't handle well or it could kill you. The, the engine might, yeah. you know, gas tank's going to explode if you get hit in the rear end. They, they don't tell you those things. That's, you know, it's human nature. And look, me being uh, a newly formed FPE company, I'll answer that question. Our clients are rich enough to pay for us to do it again when it yellows. So that's not a concern, Miss Client is, yes, it will yellow over time, but when it does, we'll just paint it again for another $12,000. That's some scandalous Danny, ass shit, got? bro. <laughs> You're going to make them pay. Twice. All right, that's fair. Damn, I thought this was a product Job that security, was man. last a fucking lifetime, by the way. It's talked about what you want yeah. And look, I think that's one of the issues that like, look, I, I like the gloss doors a lot. I like the gloss ceilings. Like um, there's a really big company out on the East coast doing tons of gloss stuff. They're really like, I don't know, hundred employees or whatever. And they do lots of high end work and it's like fancy designers. And I, I see a place for it. Right. Um, but what happens on that front door? That front door is going to move. Like it's for sure going to move and you're going to get cracks in the wood and you're not touching that up, you know? So it's like recoding, you know? And I, if you have that conversation up front, so look, if I'm selling that product, I'm telling my client, hey, I'm going to refinish your front door for $10,000 and then we'll see how long it lasts. We're going to have a maintenance in two to three years. Um, you know, I'll have to fix the cracks, respray it, take it to the shop again. Um, that time I'm only going to charge you 4,000, right. For a maintenance coat. And that's going to be every two or three years. I'll charge you four grand for maintenance coat. Yeah. And I'm going to say, look, it's a luxury product. <laughs> if you want luxury product, it has to be maintained. Might as well use stain, um, stain it and use the Marine varnish. <laughs> it's the same concept. Right. Oil on the exterior is going to be I, great. So I, I think, uh, to some extent, like a front door, um, I think that is a luxury thing. And I think as long as you're being upfront about what the maintenance looks like, how often you have to do it or how, how often you might need to do it, right? Maybe we get lucky and you get no expansion contraction in your front door and we get five years out of it, you know, but it's also going to oxidize, you know, so it's going to get powdery and milky. Um, but if you're upfront with the client and they just want a high gloss door and then I'm just going to tell them like, look, I'll do it for you, but it's going to be a lot of money. And you're going to have to pay a lot of money to redo it somewhere in like two to five years, you know, and it is what it is. If you want it, great. If not, that's fine too. Looks great on the cars, um, man. But for like interior trim, interior trim though, that's where it's like, all right, oil modified stuff and whites where it's going to yellow. When we have so many other options for better products that are not going to yellow, that's where I think you start getting into like being, you're not looking out for your client's best interest, right? It's like, it doesn't make any sense. My concern was exterior. Like, show me one that's 10 years old, you know, and, I, and I'm sold, you know. Oh, yeah, maybe some guy over on this side of the country, I think he did one 10 years ago. And it's like, oh, I can't sell it. Well, and that's the thing it. is they, they might be out there. That, and again, it goes back to prep work. You sure. know, like we could probably go back to like 
houses that you did with super paint that are holding up fine or the same or better. Like right. that's a hard argument because depending on who did it, how well they did their work, which part of the country, even if there is a home that's 10 years plus, maybe they spent fucking three months doing prep work. Or just, just, you know, got super dialed in me. and they could have put dog shit paint on it and have it last 10 right. years. You know what I mean? It's like, I think it's like yeah. that. For I'm, not, I'm like, I would that with anything. Yeah. I mean, when, anything, uh, show me something 10 years old. I want to see how well it, it did yeah. or how well it didn't, you know, it's yeah. Here, here's another thing too, like to consider, like, you know, I, I have a system for my bidding. Like I don't call my sales reps and ask them questions. I have a rule that, you know, if I talk to a sales rep and I ask him a question, it's only, uh, a question that I already know the answer to. So I am confirming my process because when I sell a paint job, I'm selling uh, an eight year warranty with an exterior. Right. Um, you know, so with Sherman Williams, I get competitive pricing, right. Um, I'm familiar with a lot of their products. If I need to get them to sign off on my process, you know, I'll make a call to a rep and tell them my process, yada, yada, this is what we're going to do. Um, and, get them to sign off on it. If I'm nervous on something, um, typically I don't, I don't contact them for anything like that, but you know, uh, if that shit fails, they're going to fucking take care of me. They're going to figure it out. They're going to give me product. They're going to have me keep track of my hours and pay me to fix it. If it's, you know, something wrong that fails and, and, you know, I'm pretty fair with that stuff too. Um, I've only had like one or two things go wrong in the last three or four years. So like, it's not, it's not a big thing. Like I'm not a high maintenance account. Um, so you look at the whole FPE thing, like your melon painting, dude, like you're, you're paying a premium for products that you know nothing about. And if you have a fucking problem, they're not going to take care of you. You know what I mean? If it doesn't perform right, if it extends your process, they're not going to send you an extra gallon of fucking paint. You're going to call them and they're going to feed you excuses. Well, you put it on too thick. No, I, I didn't. I put it on a mill less than what you guys recommend. Do they treat you or, better if you're certified you know, just or uncertified? I, I don't know. I would imagine. Like, why, why else would these guys be pushing it, you know? So, you know, same, same thing with Sherwin-Williams, but like if I can't walk into a fucking store and chew somebody's ass, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be likely to use that product. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to expect that if, if I'm spending, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars somewhere that they're going to have my back on my shit and have enough confidence in me that, you know, I'm going to get competitive pricing and they're going to back up what we do. Like, you're going in blind with that. I don't have, I don't have that with fine pants. I, I feel this is what it feels like. Some fucking Scooby-Doo shit, dude. Like I fucking, uh, I use this fucking paint and it's like the end of a Scooby-Doo episode <laughs> and you fucking rip the mask off the bucket of FPE and it's a fucking gallon of Valspar. Sitting there, dude. That's what it, it fucking feels mayor. like. That's what the it feels like to time. me. Dude. All right, all right, Danny. What do you got? You've been holding that over there. Um, So, what made you decide to use the FP on that project? Was it client spec? Um, No, the these people are they pretty much their their remodel started out as like a two hundred thousand dollar remodel. We're talking about a place that was already pre built 
and the interior got gutted, you know, new siding outside, ripping out driveways, new driveways. And then the inside was originally supposed to be um, drywall, flat trim package, and maybe a wood ceiling and some beams in the living room. Well, that turned into fucking I've every square inch of this house being wood. Their budget jumped from <laughs> two hundred grand to like seven hundred fucking grand. Must be nice. And so this was California. Th- this just was one of those things where it turned into okay. Well, oh the the cabinets and the whole reason I got into the FP thing was because I wasn't originally doing the cabinets, and the builder's uh, cabinet painter, which you know I I could tell that he was an idiot or whatever, but. Um, they, uh, the dude had like heart open heart surgery or something. So I got the cabinets dumped on me. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to fucking do a good job for these people. I wanted to use something that everyone says is fancy and blah, blah, fucking blah. So I, I put in a lot of research into this. So you gotta understand by the time I'm there actually using this fucking product, dude, I am fucking livid, dude. Like, if there was an FPE store in this fucking town, like, dude, I'd be strangling fucking people. Like, I am beyond, I'm beyond pissed, dude. I'm beyond pissed. Like, I, I don't know how else to explain it. I, no matter who is out there, and I have given every person that I have respect for that I see use this product, I understand why some people use it. You know, they just want to do badass paint jobs, and they, you know, they you know, they want to do good work and yada, yada. But, um, I feel like it's a farce, dude. I feel like, uh, you know, like I said, I, I ripped the mask off a of fucking Valspar that was put into a fancy midget. Bucket. Somebody wants Gucci. But, get Gucci like, right? I am not <laughs> dude. It, it would be a different story if the shit dried, if you could sand it. And if, you know, you could, rub your pant leg down it without it fucking scratching it or something like it's a major fucking problem now um i'm i'm pretty embarrassed that i even fucking put this on there so this is not something that i've talked to the homeowners about but like if it ever came up like i'm fucking it would cost me a fortune to refinish these you know what i mean My, my only hope is that it dries and you know i can touch up the damage and Maybe down the road, like six months down the road, it turns hard. What are you like? What are you embarrassed about? Is it about the amount of extra time it took? Like, do you really think that it does have some backing to it being like a pretty decent product? No, I think it's trash. You think it's trash, hey? Because, like you were, like we were saying before, like what what makes something premium? Because I'm kind of always on that page too. I'm like, people are like, this is a premium yeah. product. We're charging premium rates. I'm like, well, what makes it premium, and who like who delegates what's premium? I'll tell you what makes something premium. It, pricing does not make something premium. I would agree. You no, know? right here, volumetric solids don't make something premium. I'm looking at a PDS a product. Uh, data page for property solutions semi-gloss 33 volumetric solids right let's go to emerald urethane 33 volumetric solids now let's go to fine paints eco 34 volumetric solids now you have to understand the sherwin williams data pages 
are the only they're the only ones that give a buffer plus or minus two percent. So it could be argued just due to evaporation and and flash off that fucking emerald urethane could have more volumetric solids than fine paints of Europe. It's not it's not data, fuck data. It's how it performs, right? It's how it holds up. It's how it lasts. Like, well, it's European. You know, dude, Look, I, I, it's got to be good. Yeah, when I look at this product, the so like I have a couple sample doors here, and I've been working on this stuff for like a month in the shop. You know, Aaron sent me. Most of you probably know he sent me a gallon of the primer he was using and a gallon of the paint, unopened, brand new, but it's the tinted stuff. And we we're trying to see. Okay, he's in a higher humidity area. You know, like I'm in a very low humidity area. Let's test it first before we just shit all over it or before we come out and have all these issues with it, right? Maybe it is uh, environment, right? So let's just flesh it out. I spent, um, man, probably a coat a day on some stuff. I waited a week before I recoded. Like I have nice finishes on, I don't know how good of a look you're gonna get to see, like nice satin finishes, right? Like my shit looks good. I've got flat doors i've got oak door like i'm getting nice finishes out of it it's not that i'm not able to get a nice finish but when you talk about feeling good about a product like putting if i put this on a set of kitchen cabinets and i went over and checked them out and i'm like fuck these things are not even close to being hard yet like these door samples are not like if i if i press my fingernail and it will leave an imprint right and and this top coat is from like two and a half almost three weeks ago, like there's no sign that it's going to get much harder. Like I would be nervous if I put these on a kitchen cabinet set. Yeah. I'd be nervous. Like, fuck, like, I don't even want to know if I don't even want to go back. Like if I go back and they're still soft, I'm gonna have to tell my clients, like, don't be too rough with them. Right. Like let's give them a couple more weeks. You know, it's just like, that's anxiety, uh, man. It would, that's, it would that's be heavy, in the back heavy. of my mind. Yeah, I'd be in the back of my mind the whole time, like, oh, I hope those things dry out, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to charge someone twenty grand for something like that and then leave them with this. Danny, you know? Danny, it's what's just... your experience? I know you did some uh, furniture pieces. Have you used it on a large scale? Did what did you use and no, how did it go? No, I don't have these big, huge, massive balls like Aaron does. Yeah to go right onto the project. I was actually a little nervous because I was using the brilliant and, and truth be told, I didn't really have anywhere to do it. Yeah. Right. right. Like, so I was just like, okay, I'm going to go really old school with this and I'm going to get the worst substrate, which was that, that stump. It had like all these like wormholes and everything in it. I was like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do another piece of furniture where I can get like this mirror type finish. Right. But I said to myself that I wasn't going to follow any of the rules because I thought it would be better to learn it the old school way. Like I am pretty confident in my ability that when I open up a can and put a stir stick in it and start stirring it, I can already start to see, oh shit, like how this is going to go. So I didn't really follow much. I didn't measure out the thinner. I just did it all by eye. I seriously sprayed both of these things with a $70 Husky cup gun that I got from Home Depot. That's probably 10 years old now. Like really, I didn't, I didn't booth up my shop. I didn't wet the floor. I did nothing. And it still got great results, but also the same thing was it just took forever. And I'm, I was, I was okay with that in that instance, but 
definitely practicality wise for on-site stuff. If anyone ever said, yes, I'd like a high gloss office, you'd have to like mentally prepare and prepare your client. Be like, Hey, just so you know, this Absolutely. office is like off limits in six months, like <laughs> off limits. Yeah. For a couple months. So, yeah. but I mean, it, it wasn't bad, but I've, I only use the brilliant. Um, I was curious about their, you know, stuff for like uh, the walls and ceilings, but I haven't used too, too much, but you know, what stopped me from doing it? And I'm not going to lie. So anyone that's hearing this, it was a little bit of, uh, as soon as you we're all as humans curious, but as soon as you're trying to be like, Hey, check it out. I tried it. Then all of a sudden you start to get that, that area. It's like, well, like, <laughs> but one guy actually said to me, he was like, change your substrate, then deviate. That's exactly what he said to me. And this was the same dude who was spraying this in his garage with his car parked in the garage. So I'm like, dude, like, and all it comes down to for me is more just like, let's be nice. Let's not be arrogant. I didn't come out and was like, I broke every single freaking rule. Screw you all. No, I was just like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, check it out. It's not what everyone yeah. says, but there's no room to say that right now. I feel like it's exactly people just jump down you and it's like, well, Hey, it, it worked here. It's this, or, or you don't really know what you're talking about. I guess you're right. Right. Buy this unsliced and that's bread. one of the things, right? It's, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you it. get, cool. <laughs> well, what I said to that guy directly was like, yo man, cause I was a little taken back with that. He was like, okay, dude, like you painted a stump. But in my mind, I was like, well, don't you think that I got this still so amazingly smooth and it was like the shittiest substrate? I was thinking to myself, like, dude, are you not thinking about this here, you know? But I told him, I was like, this isn't rocket science, man. If you've been painting for a long time and you understand and you care to get a good finish, this is like any other oil. This isn't fucking rocket science. With any paint. as soon as you... Well, really? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I wanted to say before, Aaron, I, w- I was putting my hand up while you were chatting is because I don't think there's any paint that uh, a stonemason, like if a stonemason was working next to your, you know, next to your paint job in a house, there's no fucking paint out there that's going to stop a stonemason from chewing up your shit. I don't right. care. Whatever, dude. FB will. It'll, it'll reflect so high. Know. It'll be so <laughs> reflective that a stonemason will see how ugly he is and just walk away from it, bro. Man. I just want the appreciation and I, and of, I don't, of not the cockiness. It's like, yo, like you can't always right. tell from the pictures. Like, come on, let shouldn't we be like more open to possibilities? Right. That's all. And that's the thing. I don't I don't know that anybody's making claims that it's hard as a rock. I don't know for any of those products that those claims get made. Um yeah, well, I wasn't saying that specifically for FP. I was just thinking yeah, yeah, before yeah. when Aaron was like, you know, when people come through, it's like, I don't think there's anything out there that's gonna stop right. that. Well, and that's the thing. That's where I think the being real with it, being real about the downsides or the potential downsides or real about the dry times taking a while, any of that stuff where it's like it's inhibitive on a project, like it's inhibitive for a company to use that kind of kind of uh, material on a job. You know, if I'm like that's that's what I mean when I keep going back to like you could build your company around that brand is because there's almost no other reason to use it. You know, like you're, if you're going to, if you're looking for a high end trim, there's a lot of other products I would use yeah. before that. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you are wanting to push uh, solids content, like Dunn Edwards is my main supplier here. They're Sherwin Williams biggest competitor. 
they have higher solids than the fine paints of Europe does. 35%? You know, Eco-satin versus their, that's like 37, 38. Oh, yeah, um, and it's their hybrid, right? It's their modified uh, product. Um, but it's like, the, there's a lot of other products that are better to do whatever it is you're trying to do, like faster dry times, harder finishes, um, more readily available, right? It's like a whole bunch of local stores way less expensive, half the price, if not more. Like there's all these advantages to using uh, paints from all of our local stores, you know, our, our big suppliers. Um, and I, like from the from the Eco Satin, it's like, I have a really nice finish on these doors and I could sell it for sure. But for how soft this is, like I could get the same finish out of Bear's cabinet coat, right? From Home Depot. I can get the same exact finish. I guarantee it. If anybody listening wants to bet like a thousand dollars, without a doubt, I can get the same exact finish. It's going to feel a little soft to the fingernails, what? but it's going to look great. Without a doubt, I can just get to cut finish. in for a second. Uh, I don't. I, I've given like all of the guys that I have respect for, or and and blasted all over Instagram. I blasted all over Facebook. I gave. You know, anybody that wants to come on here and talk shit in the comments after the fact, fuck you. Like, everyone was given ample opportunity to come on here and, and defend this shit and talk about it. Now, I, I will say, you know, I see some guys that are using it that, that say they have success or whatever and ha have sent me videos of it powdering when they're sanding. I don't fucking comprehend that personally. Now, could it be the fact that the product is lacking drying agents? Yes. Is it the color? Potentially. But these people are also claiming that they're using it in darker colors as well. Um, so, I mean, everything's always going to point to the fact that that uh, I haven't used it enough or I don't know how to use right. it, blah, blah, blah. Well, like I said, I, we, we mill gauged everything. We gauged yeah. below their recommendations in order to get it to flash off and dry. It should sand like, you know, we know, we know uh, how to paint. Why would they sell it? Yeah. yeah <laughs> if, it, if it was, you know, fuck you, what you can go to a seminar with no experience and fucking, you know, get a certificate for, for doing this shit and, and walk away like you're fancy and shit, but then you can't go paint a shitty apartment complex. Like get the fuck out of here, dude. I've been yeah. in the field for almost 30 fucking years. Like this is what we do is figure out fucking products. Like, you know what I mean? That's, and that's my assessment is that yeah. this product is trash. Gonna, that's my yeah. assessment. I'm going to tell you that like, I know how to paint doors and I, I've painted lots of doors, front doors in my career. And I know how much of a pain in the ass it is and how much time you have to put into, say, restaining a front door. And I'm charging seven grand per door on those. And if that's what they're charging for it to put oil on, which is, you know, a little more technical, I guess, with the longer drying times. I just know that the profit margins for the time you're putting into it, to me, I look at it and I just go, it's not worth the risk. And in all reality, it is just a front door, and I've gotten gloss, high gloss products out of water-based finishes. Um, you know, I've, I've brushed front doors yeah. in my career that looks sprayed. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's nothing, uh, it's nothing new. It's just that's what bothers me. Go ahead, Danny. To Danny. <laughs> I just sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I didn't want to lose my track, my train of thought on that because what I think sometimes, though, Sam is. Now all of a sudden there's this number 
Now you can see it on Instagram. It's like, oh, people are charging eight, ten thousand dollars for a front door. And what I start to think is like, so are you charging that because you're saying that we're worth it? Or are you charging that because you have individuals working for you who aren't at a skill level to put to 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 perform and be productive enough? So you have to charge that, you know, right. because guys are like, no, 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 no. It's because it took us that many man hours. Well, did it take an experienced guy that many, right. many hours or did it take some dude who you're paying whatever and you walked away and said, I know he's going to be sanding for two days. So just let him sand for two days when another guy could have done it for. So then it starts to paint this narrative where guys like, Ooh, I could probably charge whatever I want. Cause this product's going to take so long. And it's like, well, hold yeah. on now. That's what's, that's what I start. I'm like $10,000 for a door. I feel like there's somebody out there that could do it for less than 10, 10 grand. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Like what's the profit margin. That's where I look at things as the profit. Like it depends. So Danny makes a good point, right? It's like, what is your labor cost? If you're not doing the work yourself, what are you mm. paying someone to do the work? And mm. if you, so you pull one of those doors off, you have to have it sit in the shop. So let's, I'll go through this process. If I'm going to do this gloss door, I'm going to pull it off, put it in my shop. Now I have some guys that are like highly skilled, some guys that are medium skilled, mm -hmm. some guys that are low skilled. Uh, if I took one of the medium skilled guys, I'd have to have them sand it really slowly and not very hard, right? Like very low pressure and just make everything look matte finish. You know, once you get it to there, then I'll have one of the better guys come in and make it actually flat, mm -hmm. right? Like level flat, not just matte. Um, and so I'm going to like waste money on my lower level guy, just getting it to all be sanded to break the surface of whatever coat I have on there. If it's primer, if it's finished, whatever. Um, but then you're doing dry time in between every single coat. So let's say two days to get it sanded and ready for the next coat of primer, maybe a little bit of patchwork, right? That's like adds on a day because then we're waiting for patch to dry. Then we can sand that. So then I get my primer coat on. Now we're waiting like at least one day, maybe two days before we can start sanding that again, right? So it's like this process of doing a little bit of work on it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I might have that thing in my shop for like two or three weeks. Um, hopefully by week two, I'm like getting a coat of finish on it, but I don't know if I would, you know, depending on how fast it dried. And if you have a little hair in it or you have a little drip or is a little heavy here, then you're fucking waiting a day, two days, three days, so you could sand that top coat and put another coat on. So you know, getting fired. Cross your fingers that you don't mess it up again. But so I could see where something like that would cost me like three grand to do. Yeah. You know, three. I would say like three to four thousand dollars would be my cost on it. You know, because I'm having guys off and on work on it for about two weeks. Um, we're doing removal and reinstallation. There's an expense to that. Um, you know, it's my time to get it back to the, to the house, you know, whatever. A quarter, like a quarter a million dollar facility. You have a quarter million dollar facility. Yeah. How many doors do you have to paint to justify that purchase? That's my, my, like, eh, I don't yeah. know. If it's, well, but look, I, here, I also believe very strongly that that is hard money to make. Yeah. That's not easy money. No. Like that's really there's so much fucking risk in doing a high gloss door, a high gloss ceiling. Like you have a mistake and you're fucking doing it all over again. There's no touching up with a the brush. There's no, you're not getting away with anything. Um, 
And I don't know that many people realize that, like until they get into it, you know, like they're going to take on a high gloss front door because they got 3,500 bucks to do it. And they're going to fuck themselves. You know, it's like they're going to be shipping it there. And the carpenter who installs the handle or maybe the helper that installs the handle is going to put a fingerprint in the paint because it's still a little soft and they're going to have to redo it again. You know, because that client's going to be like, I paid four grand to get this door done. Like, you're not leaving it with an indentation, <laughs> you know, from your installation. Like, take it back to the shop and do it again. But I feel like it comes like, It's hard. I feel like it comes down to the client too, though, because there's, I think that I kind of think a little opposite. I think that some of these guys are getting away with murder because there are some people that are just like, you say it's the best. I'm putting my trust in you. It costs this much because you're right. saying it's the best. This is what it's going to look like. Yes. So then yeah. you're delivering a standard. So you and everyone that's working yeah. on that project with you know where all the fuck ups are. So in the end, right. you're going to say, Oh, that one will slide. That one will slide. Cause I think a lot of these people have no idea what they're looking at when they see a high gloss 98 brilliant door. They're just seeing this gloss. And I think it's proven because if you really look at the doors and projects that are done with poorly done brush strokes, no one says shit about that. Yeah. No one says anything. <laughs> yeah. They're just no, awed no, no, by yeah. the gloss. And yeah. nobody ever says anything. I'm like, well, hold, 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 what? What? Like, come on. Don't tell me you don't tell me somebody paid five thousand dollars for that. I don't care how fucking shiny it is. Well, so. the, the, the advertisement on the website says bringing the European Holland front doors to the United States. That's why they did what they did and brought fine paints of Europe. Look, over. it's a whole sales pitch. Yeah, it but is. If you, it is. If you, that's what I'm If building, you look at the doors in Holland, company around that. they're all brushing. And I know a bunch of people in Holland, uh, Van, Van Moore, yeah. children, that they yeah. all have brush, brush lines. And yeah. they. Yeah. I asked them, I said, so what do they call look. fine paints of Europe in Holland? He goes, we call it paint. Like, yeah, yeah, oil. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I noticed a lot of those types of jobs, it's like they're almost trying to keep this heritage and this tradition as well. So I think that's why in like, say Rhode right. Island, it is something yeah. that because they have these types of houses there. So that's, that's I great. think the whole upper East coast. Yeah. Yeah. The whole upper East coast, like Boston, New York, all through there, it means something like there is some value to mm -hmm. that type of a coating, that type of a finish The people value it, you know? And like, that's what I'm saying. I don't, there's a place for a business to do that. Yeah. And I think, but I think you build your whole company around yeah. it. You say, that's all we do. We're all in. We don't use anything else. Yeah. We're special. It's a hard sell. That's it. Yeah, it's a hard sell. And it's a, here's all the value. Here's, and and even like, if I'm, when I start selling front doors for my new FPE only company, I'm going to say, yes, there might be some imperfections here and there, but it's going to be almost perfect. I can't make it perfect. We're not robots. It's not a machine, right? It's hand touch. This is all custom artists working in the shop day and night, sanding your door down, getting all the little imperfections out of it. But at the end of the day, this is still done by hand, right? And so when I deliver that door and there's a little imperfection there and a little one here and a little bit of dust sticking in the oil, right? I'm like, look, I told you it was hand done. This is one of a kind, you know, <laughs> like you have it's a character, art piece yeah. now at your front door, right? It's $5,000. You have an art piece now. All of your neighbors are going to be amazed by it. And the neighbors probably will be amazed by it. They're gonna like when you see a really, really clean high gloss door in person with like bright shiny uh, metal handles and kick plate, whatever. Like it looks nice. Yeah, it is yeah. nice. But to it look. comes to expectations too, because like 
Like you remember yeah. in the podcast we were talking about, John, it's like you said, there's certain things you see that are going to bug the shit out of you. Right. Like you were talking right. about the tile. Right. So yeah. you might get one client right. that's like, wow, that looks amazing. You might get another client that's like, I paid you $6,000 for that door. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Right. So yeah. what is that little thing? What is right that little there? thing right yeah, yeah, there? Yeah. And uh, just so everyone knows, you can't yeah. just pull out some red and fix that shit, guys. I know I see a lot of guys thinking you can just <laughs> no. red everything, but you can't. <laughs> so I bought a, uh, I, I bought some like fake rubber balls and like all the, you know, I had been seeing all the, you know, the whole FPE take a selfie thing. So when I was using the, the eco or whatever I was, uh, as it was flashing off, it has like a flash point where it's pretty shiny. And I, you know, I was like doing videos, like having the balls slap around and stuff. And, 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 the reflection. and yeah. And just, uh, just making fun of it or whatever. But it, 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 the, I did feed into a lot of the hype and you know, I'm, I did a lot of research in terms of, you know, I, I talked to a few specific guys, you know, and, and some are, you know, like, yes, you can shoot the oil primer airlessly. Yes, you can shoot the oil top coat, the oil eggshell top coat airlessly, which, um, and those were the products I was trying to get, which FPE told me that they were out of stock and then that the uh, oil eggshell was being discontinued. But, uh, Anyway, they forced me into the eco satin, but uh, that should all have the been way up until this point, that should have been their stopping yeah. point. When you're looking for an oil primer and an oil eggshell top coat and like the universal primer and water base and eco satin probably couldn't be the furthest thing from that. You know, like there's nothing. Dude, I was, I gap. was. I was fucking very adamant and, and asked a thousand questions and they were a hundred percent confident that it was a viable coating for cabinets and I wasn't going to have problems and blah, blah, blah. And let, let me get this straight. Like I'm not, Oh no, I can't use this product. I can't right. make it look good. <laughs> I, I did a whole video. Everyone's free to go check it out on fucking Instagram. It's and, and YouTube. It's well-produced. Um, it, it's just titled, you know, a uh, cabinet package because I was so embarrassed of, of the whole process, which does not reflect in the video, but I was embarrassed of the product that I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rep this shit, you know, after having this fucking experience with it. Cool. My end result looks like a custom set of cabinets, but the, the, the fact that, you know, it prolonged my, my process and I could just walk up to it and probably fucking gouge it with my fingernail. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I'm not fucking happy about it, but that had, uh, after doing that, that had kind of set, set me, you know, off on a side note. Like I had been doing a lot of research in terms of, you know, as I said previously, guys are saying that you can shoot the the oil primer airlessly you can shoot the oil eggshell airlessly but once you start getting into the brilliant coatings you have to have an air assist so i'm digging into you know every all these guys are saying well you can't use a mobile unit like a Graco 395 or a, a 595 you know air assist there's not enough cfm and you can't get a nice finish you can't get that gloss reflective mirror finish with something like that and um you know so i was researching like well fuck i want to i want to fuck around with this shit you know i was considering actually getting a kremlin or something like that and getting 
two, three grand in shop air and how can I make this work for cabinets? And would this also be a system for two K's and yada, yada. But after using the eco dude, like I really, um, I'm kind of pissed off about it. I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get the oil primer. I'm going to get the oil top coat and I'm going to play with it and shit. Um, and, and fuck around with some mirror finish stuff. But I think I'm just going to, what, what's your opinion, Danny? I could just shoot it with a conventional and, and get it the, to the oil primer, get it to flash off. Like, yeah, I think yeah, so. the oil primer and the oil and, and the brilliant, you think you can shoot it with a conventional. Yeah. I, I think so. like a dude, I used like a, seriously, like a piece of crap fucking, like it was Harbor garbage. Freight. Yeah, dude, it was garbage. Um, and I, Hey, Harbor Freight's got the black widow. Good <laughs> no, this was like Husky. You ever heard of Husky brand? I don't know. If oh yeah. 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 I have one of those too, man. Okay. So, but either way, yeah. but, um, the one thing I, I did remember is that what, one of the biggest reasons, sorry, one of the biggest reasons I, uh, of course is to play with it and see what I could do with it. But also I, there's nobody on the internet showing these, you know, five, eight, $10,000 door oil doors, which oil has your lower UV protection than acrylics. There's nobody showing what these doors look like in two or three years after the sun's baked on them. So I want to do it to set a piece, you know, outdoors for a year and see what there it fucking go. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send, send it know, to do, Hawaii, do some samples and I just have... set it outside because nobody's year round sunshine here. Send it over. No, nobody's letting you know how how it weathers. Like you know, can you touch it up in a year? Uh, d- does the gloss die off in one year, two years, three years, twenty years? Like what what is uh, what's its actual outdoor durability in terms of UV protection? I'm glad we're doing this because I don't want anybody else to just think that it's their the be all end all and jump right into it and then be in debt and lose their company. Like dabble but don't just really pay attention to what's going on, especially pay attention to what we're talking about. Anybody that's listening and, and, and do your research. And there's not a whole lot of research from our side right now, kind of just showing the realities of it. It's not, uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be, even though they'll tell you that. No, they'll I'll, sell you that. I'll... That pisses me off. I'm sorry. All I get from guys, you know, there's always a possibility too. like, did I get a bad batch? You know, that's why I specifically sent John an unopened, you know, gallon of the uni primer and an unopened gallon of the eco satin. Um, I sent it to him to test in his dry environment. You know, what's your humidity? 10, 12%. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in a higher humidity. So, um, just to cross-reference what I felt, you know, and I told John, he's like, you're, you're going to think it's funny when, it, you know, I get it to sand the next day or something. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm betting you fucking hundred dollar bills that that shit won't sand in a fucking week. You know, that's how confident. That so I recorded a video. <laughs> but, I did the, the samples one day. <laughs> and if I, if I sand really lightly, like, you know, how you can sand like super light, but fast, yeah. no yeah. pressure and like create some dust, you know, even if it's a rubbery coating, you can go no pressure and just get some dust. So I sent him a video the next day and we sanded this after one day. I, for sure. I could not sand it. Like my sandpaper's all gummed up and everything. 
Um, but I sent it just to mess with it. And all you sent back was motherfucker. <laughs> I had no problem with the oil primer next day. It would gunk up a little bit, but it yeah. was pretty freaking dry. But it was like a day for everything. Yeah, I mean, it was like 24-hour wait for right. every step. So I was like, oh, geez. If I want to do this yeah. many coats, oh, okay, that's six, seven days right there. Oh, shit, nice. Everybody that's doing it, they're they're not showing the full process. Like, it's a trade secret. The secret. You know, well, they make it like it's, yeah. it's special. It's like, oh, no, you got to be in the club to fucking to rub these nuts. It's like, no. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like it's so, really, really hard kind of to do that. I think that there's probably a lot of this data around, but when you nurture something and you build it up and you put it on this platform and this pedestal, it's very, very hard to say, listen, this is what's wrong with it. Because when things are going good, they're yeah. good. You, it's sales. It's all marketing and sales. And that's why I think a lot of guys get sucked into yeah. it too. Cause it's like, it's, it's more, it would, they'd be better off to just do what everyone did. Just get a little bit of it, test it for yourself, make your own opinion, you know, figure it out for yourself because it's curated very well in a way where it's all about sales. So, you know, I do think that data is there. I just don't think that this is a company that, and this isn't to trash the company, but it's more like you really have to be like, yeah, this shit's fucked up a little bit. Even the guys that are, right. are promoting it now, they, they were sold it. So you're not going to tell somebody you kind of like, Oh shit. You know, I, I think I touched on that earlier. You're like, Oh, wow. I, I feel like an idiot as well, but I can't tell everybody now because I've already built it up so high and yeah. mighty and, khaki right. and all that shit yeah yeah birkenstock gucci Look, that, we could be having a whole different conversation right now if aaron wanted to kind of go with the flow and say look at my badass fbe project he could have and nobody would know the difference right uh, nobody look, would know no go, go check out that video look at my balls there's no indication if you go watch that video that I put up, you know, there is no indication that I had yeah. a hard time at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it I just do the looks same like thing. a nice, got these beautiful nice custom set of cabinets. Yeah. I've got these beautiful samples. The sheen is amazing. The application, sure, it takes a little longer to dry, but that's that's normal for high quality paint, right? And we could be pumping it up just like everybody else does, you know? Well, that's the thing. There's, uh, a, I just there's, don't think it's fair. there's a hierarchy in the, the, the social media paint forums and even they're sold on it because i asked a guy on his live the other day his show and i said what's your take on fpe and he actually answered and was like oh it's the greatest paint ever and if i was he's like i don't have a market for it but if i did i mean it's 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 amazing and he, he just promoted the shit out of it and that's just who he is anyway um and i and i just wanted to ask him that just to see because i knew that's where it was going to go but if you go against any of these these guys in their hierarchy and speak against it, you're going to get ostracized from uh, the media, all of the media. Like, and I, I, that's who I am anyway. I don't give a shit. That's why I ask yeah. those questions because I'm not here for them. I'm here kind of semi against them. I, I really like a lot of the stuff that they do. But then there's that that part where it's like, okay, you need to stop and stop fucking snowballing people that are trying to make a living at at this whole career, which is not an easy career. It's stop bullshitting. Yeah, that's people. a problem. That's a problem that I have. Yeah. That's a problem that I have with a lot of this stuff. And that's why like, you know, Danny doing the, his podcast and starting to give real info on like 
people stop making shit so difficult. People stop like going for the new thing all the time, like the new paint, the new product, the, you know, it's fine paints of Europe, it's 2K poly, it's blah, 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 like whatever the new fad is. Why well, set people like, up for failure? It's, it's a, it's a horrible thing. Yeah, there's to do tried and true ways. Like if you're, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're building a company. Like, you know, I think all of us had to kind of bootstrap our companies in the beginning and do whatever you got to do to just pay the bills and eventually build up, you know, eventually start doing higher end stuff or stuff that pays more or whatever, build a reputation. Um, and it's very easy when you're the little guy to buy into popular shit or this thing's cooler or that thing's cooler or use this product or whatever, instead of like keeping it simple, don't fall for everything you see. Like, you know, there's a lot of tried and true methods and they're, yep. they're still being used today for a reason. You know? when, the, when those people are looked up to and basically in a sense, it's a scam. That's how I see it. It's like you're, you're scamming these people because you're not revealing the truth. You're looking at, other are uh, anterior motives. It's it's not it's not fair to the industry. Look, it's sales. It's yeah. sales. Yeah, and you've been duped. I, yes. Don't don't. Dude, e even if you look up, even if you look up the data pages, like you don't you don't get all of the information on on the product, like, and all of the detailed information that I could pull was from a third party fucking laboratory. You know. Wow. that's that's deep. <laughs> I, I love your investigative. Uh, background dude i would i would hate to be your in your paint rep if i was a paint rep like oh shit here comes, here comes aaron that paint rep should be one of the smartest fucking paint reps around absolutely yeah, yeah. i i actually my last sales rep i yeah. actually trained him in the Looking field right. for four years and then convinced him to to get a job at sherwin williams because he had a business management degree and he was going to go to work for craft cheese he's like nah dude go yeah. to go to work for sure don't be cheesy bro like, let me make some phone calls <laughs> let me make some phone calls and i'll see if your paperwork can yeah. get thrown at the top of the list because at the time i was working for some heavy hitters and shit so fucking dude he skyrocketed yeah. through there dude like he was an assistant manager fucking like within a couple months then he he was he got his his own store within like a year and then we're talking like within two years he was a fucking sales rep like have you you know what i mean you ever seen anybody in sherwin work up that fast you know what i mean yeah. i fucking have i, I trade but I now my guy he's, too. he's 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 the one i my go-to guy i remember when he's he was moved up Clark. again <laughs> so now he's the main rep on the whole <laughs> island yeah. yeah or the whole state just a small state but yeah, I, 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 he would call me. He's moved up again. <laughs> yeah. He'd call and ask me how to do stuff, and I would, I would tell him, and I appreciated that, you know, instead of just acting like a fucking know-it-all. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So, sometimes he would like, cause I, I mean, it's no secret that I, that I fucking don't really like, you know, a lot of you know, painters in general in terms of how I deal with <laughs> no stuff. Secret. But every once in a while, every once in a while, he would secretly call me and like, dude, like, how can I get out of this? Like out of a warranty. And I, I'd give him like oh, the so path to fuck it over <laughs> some piece of yeah. shit, you know, painter. There's a lot of ways to get out of warranty. Yeah. All right. So I think, um, I think we're kind of over talking about FPE at this point, but it seems like, you know, we could all agree that there's a use for it somewhere. Um, 
we know that some companies are using it. They're successful with it or they're having success with it. Um, I know some companies that there's, there's a lot, I don't know a lot. There's some guys that I really respect that are using it, you know, and they're doing good work with it. I appreciate their work. They work with other products as well. I know they're high level finishers. I know they're high level painters. Um, so it's not just all bad, but all the other things, the issues that come up with using it, the, all the shit, like you're going to do a project and it's going to go sideways. You know, if you don't know what you're getting into, there are differences in the product, you know, like the dry times, the softness at the end of the coating, um, dry times between coats. If stuff goes wrong, do you know how to fix it? I think we all here know how to fix it if things go wrong, you know, but what about the person who saw it on Instagram and it looks really cool and they sold it to a client, but they don't know how to fix it when it goes wrong. You know, they're just going to be stuck. Um, but this leads into like, you know, people can almost get on Instagram with a, a decent following and I don't want to say manipulate a market, but confuse people, right? They're, they're, creating confusion. It's not a clear path. You know, it's, you're not getting the whole truth. You're getting part of it. And then either the sell or the pitch or the whatever, like Danny, you know, we talked a little bit about this before, but what are your thoughts on it? Um, your closing comments. Uh, well, I, I would just like to say that I, I don't think bad about FPE and anyone using it on a personal or level or anything like that. I think yeah. it comes down to, we all just have to be a little bit better in the narrative that we create for each other, especially when people are trying to push that they're teaching um, because the narrative, it comes back to the narrative on everything, tools, followers, products, influence, what's good, what's not good. And that's really dangerous, especially if you have, a large following which nowadays we don't even know if that's real anymore even yeah. from the people who've been working hard at it how do you know um and but that once again starts to create a narrative like this must be good because i've seen it here because this person has this many followers um and i've seen this and i've seen that but if you have that kind of power you need to really be careful on how you what you say and how you push it with great power comes great responsibility, Spider-Man. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, well said. Watch what you're putting out there because in one sense, when somebody sees something, well, there's one company right now I always think of and they've exploded online, but I'm trying to stop people for a minute to be like, you need to stop looking at all, all the bells and whistles and think like, how did that person explode from now till then that fast? No one questions anything anymore, man. Yeah. Everyone just, they see it. It comes back to the FP with the gloss. I think if Brilliant wasn't one of the top products and it wasn't something that was first seen, no one would give a shit about FPE. Right. It's yeah. the gloss. Everyone was like, oh, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I just wish some of those top guys would come out and say, this isn't for everyone. Stop. Yeah doing these things but the problem is they sold themselves in the beginning on climbing that mountain that they sit on now with the narrative that this is very hard this is very specialty this is amazing and as soon as they seen people would jump on it the tune changes oh of course you can do it of course yeah. you can 
but hold on. I thought this was impossible before. So yeah. that's all I really wanted to say is that we need to be careful as a community that we put out the right narratives for people or else who fucking knows what's true anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the honesty about it uh, is a selling feature. You know, if you're honest about it, when I start doing FPE in my business, FPE only, I'm going to tell people like, yeah, this is really hard to use. It takes several weeks to do a small project. This is why you should never use it. And I'm going to instantly squash all my competition that way. It's, nobody's going to want to compete. I'm just going to tell them how hard it is to use, how much a pain in the ass, how expensive it is. And nobody will do it. But what drives me no crazy about that, John, is the people that are pumping it up as if they really know. And then they make a mistake. And instead of saying like, shit, like I really fucked this up genuinely, they turn yeah. it around and they say, hey, guys, this is great content. I'm going to show you how real of a person I am <laughs> and how I fuck this up. And you guys should all join me for the journey. It's like, that's not genuine, yeah. yo. <laughs> yeah. That's no vulnerability there. Yeah. You haven't, you, have, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, biased. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. Yep. Yeah, with, with great comes responsibility, like you said, man. And, uh, and that's the thing, too. Like, I've been questioning other things since I started on uh, social media with my painting stuff. And when you attack someone's hero, that's how they look at it. And it's not attacking. It's just if you speak about it, um, there's a lot of people that if, if you say something bad about the Idaho painter, boy, they're they're really on his side and defensive because they were sold on that. And nobody's going to tell you that maybe maybe they're wrong. Maybe somebody else is right. And I'm not doing it to to be a dick. I'm just pointing things out in a perspective of been doing this my whole life. And I've been screwed before and I don't want other people to get screwed and uh, put all their eggs in one basket um, or in, in anybody else's basket. Be an individual. Do your research uh, on and anything that comes across on social media. Even me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. No, it's true, man. You, people got to do their put in their their time and the due diligence. And, you know, I actually take it in a more simple way where it's just comes down to right and wrong. Yeah. People are like, yo man, that's my hero. Well, hold on though. Is what he's doing right or wrong? Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's your hero. I don't care if it's this $3,000 product. I don't care. Right. But there's so many things that come into play with that because some people like to make fast, easy money. Some people yeah. like to do specialty work. Some people like to hang wallpaper. Well, my thing with it is too, is, I always compare it to like the guys that painted the Sistine Chapel. It doesn't matter how much fucking money they made or did. There weren't a lot of people that could do what they did. Right. So it's more just like coming down to the art of it. You know, you can't knock those, those high gloss doors when you see the amount of work that goes yeah. into it. Yeah, it's, it's good work. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Know. It looks good, but it's all the, it's all about how you swing your dick about it. Yeah. That's what I have a problem <laughs> yeah. with. And if it, like keep it yeah. in your pants, boy. There's so much. Christ. There's so much penis envy. You know? Put that thing away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, did that just hit me in the face? Oh, I lost door. Was that a big, huge penis that just smoked me in the face? <laughs> yeah. oh, and there's they call it jealousy. If you say something, it's you're you're oh you're just jealous, and it's like no, I'm not. It's, I'm okay with who well, I that's am, how, what I do. Yeah, but that's how how I feel sometimes 
even with the 2Ks, it's not just FPE. Like I said, it's not a rant on the FPE. Yeah, 2K does right? it hardcore to Danny. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like you said, Sam, I even questioned myself. I'm like, should I be using Vacker still? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know what I mean? But, and then I went to a service the other day and it just, it was like a reformation. I was like, you know what? No, this is still good. Cause I went to this house and you know, the kitchen was done in lacquer. It looked great, but his teenager's bathroom was like fucking destroyed. <laughs> so I'm like yeah. right there. I'm like maintenance. Like how can somebody say this is the best? Oh, this is yeah. the best. Oh, this is the best. Like, whoa, there's right. so many things involved. Or calling calling yourself a craftsman now instead of a fucking painter, dude. You're a painter. We're all <laughs> painters. You're not you're not above me because you rebranded yourself. I, I'm sorry, man. It's like, hipster, man. Yeah, hipster. yeah. It's, it's the elitist bullshit. Yeah, it's the direction. I would like to do the same thing Aaron did earlier, and I would like to say to all the people that picked my brain for two years and then went and got certified and started to, like, question everything I fucking helped you with, fuck you, too. <laughs> because that's the shit that pisses me off because I'm like, yo, so you go to, say, a class for something that's the hardest thing on the planet to do, but you can learn it in a weekend. And then you have to reach out to a handful of other guys to pick their brains about other things. How does that make any sense? You know, like, how does that make any sense to me? It just doesn't. Well, I, well, I paid them, so it's right. I paid them to learn, so I didn't pay you. Thanks, it's, thanks for the free shit, dude. It's, but, uh, yeah, it's the narrative, look, right? Yeah. It's like, Yeah, all. exactly. It's the narrative, and it's what it's people put out there. Like, look, I've done um, – I did a Vero Metal seminar. And it was a one yep. weekend, right? It's the metal coatings. You're an expert. And so I had this conversation with Aaron too. Yeah. <laughs> I had this conversation with Aaron too, where you could learn a lot in a weekend, right? Like if I went to work with you, Danny, for a weekend and, and we we're like, you're just going to show me how you do lacquer. We're going to do a couple of projects. I would learn some shit from you, like without yeah. a doubt. If I went with you, Sam, and we're going to go through a WOCA project, like I would learn from you, Aaron even on your fine paints of Europe project, if I would have went there, I would have learned a lot of shit just doing that with you for a weekend. I would have learned that you tested two mils, four mils this way, that way, dry time, this wet time, that blah, blah, blah. Right. You can like, you can learn a lot in a weekend, but you are by no means an expert. You are by no means like now all of a sudden skilled in a product, right? Like with the Vero metal, I have, I'm way ahead of the other guys that were in that class because I have a huge painting background. I have a yeah. huge coatings background. There's other people in that class that are like artists, right? And they're just trying to learn how to, what they could do art wise with this product. It's like, they're going to have no concept. Like when we're spraying panels out, you know, we're spraying samples in all different metals and, like when they're spraying, I'm like, fuck, this guy has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> you know? it's like, this has to be like the first time this guy's picked up a gun. Right. Um, and, but they're, they're going to be introduced to the product, right? They're going to get to feel it and play around with it and see what it does. You know, they're going to have some ideas in what kind of gun to get and what kind of compressor to get, um, dry time. They're going to have some understand, like a, a very preliminary understanding of dry times between coats, how you could fuck it up, how you can, uh, you know, minimize your, your chances of fucking it up. But someone like me, I take way more out of that than they do just because I, okay, now I understand almost everything is the same as like a regular coding except X, Y, Z, you know, like it, it would have, 
if I wouldn't have gone to that program, um, I wouldn't have got to use some of the products that they had there because I just would have never bought yep. them, right? So it's fun to test them out. Um, and I just would have made more mistakes learning at my own shop, you know? Like at least there, I got to avoid a couple pitfalls uh, and maybe learn a little faster. But by no means, like even me having all this background that I have in coatings, I'm not an expert with this stuff. Like I have to mess around with it a lot. If I had to do a big project, it would be like a lot of planning going into it. Yeah. And then I would just try to like, try to minimize fuck ups the best way that I know how to, right? I would expect that they're going to come, but that's the best shot I have at it, right? Because it's not, there's no way that I learn everything I need to in a weekend. So you got to figure these people, any seminars, they're going to learn something. You're going to take something away from it. It could be a good experience. It could still be valuable. Um, but for people to come out of that experience and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm certified, right? It's like, you know, Vero Metal gives me a certification. I'm a certified Vero Metal application specialist or whatever, right? They put me on their website, you know, as a, as a certified person. Like if somebody hits me up to do that shit for real, like on a project, I'm going to be like, I don't, if it's something small and I, it seems fun to me to mess around with and I want to just lose money in my shop. Sure. No problem. Send it over. You know, It's the same as our but sales reps. I'm not a specialist, but it's the same thing. Yeah. These sales guys, they know so much shit that you tell them. But if you're like, Hey man, come yeah. here and like spray this frame. They're not going to fucking be able to yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So, like, and I, so like back to your point, I don't like that. Uh, people come away from these seminars feeling all puffed up and now all of a sudden your information is bad because you use lacquer still. And this guy at the seminar said lacquer's no good. Or this guy on, on Instagram over here said lacquer's old school and 2K's way better. Like everybody pushing 2K over lacquer right now is saying that 2K does way better under, under wet areas, right? Like under... Uh, uh, moisture areas like around sinks and bathrooms, whatever. Like that almost all comes down to how a client takes care of their cabinets almost completely, Maybe. right? Like there's a big part of it is the prep, which if you do all the shit you're supposed to do, it's going to be really durable. But you get some people that are like, their cabinets are wet every day. You know, it's like, they're just fucking sloppy in there. They hit it with pans. They, they're just sloppy and they're messy. Any coating is going to fail in those conditions. Mm -hmm. Any, any coating, no matter what. Um, so, but for them to just instantly start writing people off because, oh, well, this guy says this is better now and he has more followers and he posts all the time and blah, blah, blah. Like that's the shit that bothers me. That's like part of wanting to, to do something where it's a little more public facing to just kind of shed light on some of these flaws that people have, you know, and like, obviously all of you guys here are known for not, not hiding shit, not covering up you know, not like, uh, being fake, you know, facing forward. Like all of you guys have some controversial opinions. All of you are not afraid to stand up to having a different opinion, you know, but uh, it's, uh, that part's frustrating to deal with, uh, people that just kind of, it wouldn't even matter to me if they all just kept to themselves, you yeah. know, but when it's, they start putting down other people or other products or other things without any justification. You know, just because something else is more popular now. And then they gang together and then they're all, you know, it's, I, yeah. I've been full on, uh, I've been attacked by a full well, worldwide painting crew, you know, because of my uh, yeah. controversial yeah. statements or whatever. And I didn't even say anything. I just yeah. hinted. And uh, so, I mean, it's, yeah. And I've watched, uh, I pay attention all the time to everything that's going on because I care. I care about it. And uh, my controversy is me 
getting worked up enough to say something about it. And like I watch, uh, say, Nick Slavic's uh, Ask a Painter thing, and some things make me cringe that he says. And a lot of the stuff is kind of cool. Um, I know he means well, mm-hmm. but some of his like processes and stuff, I just go, wow, okay. And I just got to say that, wow, yeah. okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally do that, and I don't understand your science behind it. It just doesn't, it absolutely yeah. makes no sense. Which, and that's one thing that I, I think like uh, originally setting out to do this with Aaron, um, I know he doesn't give a fuck about that. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck about that. Like I, the one thing that has been true for me my entire life is like, I don't lie about shit and you can't catch me in any lies. You know, like I sleep fine at night. I don't lie to my customers. I don't cheat them. I don't like, I don't always like having to tell the truth or having to be honest about shit when things go sideways, but lying about something, getting caught. Like I've, I'm sure I've done that a handful of times in my life and that yeah. fucking sucks. It's not a good feeling. Or lying about something and having to keep a lie. Yeah, no, it sucks. And it's, I think those are people that have a tough time sleeping at night. Yeah. Um, and so when it comes to like the, the public facing side, um, like through Instagram or through a podcast or YouTube videos or whatever, um, I don't, I don't want to hide the truth. You know, like I don't want to, I don't want to put people down. I don't want to, you know, bring names into or anything like that. Um, but I want to be honest about whatever we're talking about. I want to be honest and genuine information, not puffing up this brand or this brand or whatever. It's like just honest, you know, across the board. We don't have any reason to like fucking get into bed with Graco or Titan or Tritech. Like that's not, we're not interested in doing that. No paid, you know? paid I mean, partnership. wants to sponsor this. Sure. Paid partnership. But, <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. So, so listen, there's, in these four squares you're looking at, there's about a hundred years of experience. <laughs> yeah. So if, uh, you know, and like I said, I gave, I gave multiple people ample opportunity to come on here in defense of this and not a single person would bite. I even <laughs> sent the messages out there for, for, you know, even people to cold call it and fucking, ju- you know, get passionate about it and jump in and defend it. And nobody would fucking take to it. So, um, it is what it is. You're not fucking here. If you have a contrasting opinion, you didn't want to fucking be here. You didn't want to be called out. So yeah, fuck you. You know, like I, uh, the gloss doors, you know, as Danny said earlier, like you can't deny that those, you know, aren't impressive, but it's mm-hmm. fucking oil-based paint. I'll right. probably get some <laughs> yeah. and put I'll, I'll get some. I'll play with all it. All said and, and done, you know, whatever. Like <laughs> it's yeah. oil-based paint on yeah, a flexible but, but substrate. Don't, dude. Don't come. It's a flexible mm-hmm. substrate that yeah. expands and contracts. Yeah, don't, don't come at me, dude. This this fucking eco, I uh, you know, should not be on cabinets. Period. I I can't even ever see putting it on a trim package. For one, uh, your tape is going to do damage. And, and two, like you can fill it, it's a, it's a modified coating. So versus emerald urethane, it being a, a, a urethane modified acrylic, like it at least flashes off and it dries hard. And this stuff, it's like, you can run your hand down it and you can fill the hydrocarbon residue pulling to the surface. So like your tape doesn't even stick good, but when it does stick, it does damage when it's coming off it makes no fucking sense like everything about the product is is fucking trash and i'm not lying when i 
you know, said it's some Scooby-Doo shit. Like, you're pulling <laughs> the mask off, and it's fucking just a can of Valspar sitting there, dude. That's how I honestly feel about it. I, like, yeah, look, that's it, uh, same uh, for me. I, I don't think, like it. Yeah. We'll see if this stuff ever dries out. You know, like, I'll hang on to the samples and see if it ever gets hard, hard. But right now, after a month, it feels like when the oil modifieds first came out. When it was like, they just never fucking dried, right? Like, they would run really easily. Like they just didn't work out the bugs. You know, that's what it feels like to me. And it just and, never and got to hard. Anyone, yeah. and, and to anyone that's, that's, that is an FPE guy that's sitting there like, well, duh, fucking ecos for walls, right? Well, <laughs> why the fuck does it say it's for cabinets and all of their literature? You know what I mean? And if it's for walls, you have to be a really fucking, I think I'm fancy motherfucker to want to put a paint that yellows on a fucking wall that you can't touch up a year later. I don't give a fuck who you are, dude. I fired more fancy guys in my lifetime than I ever have dudes that admittedly fucking didn't have experience. You know what I'm saying? No, no doubt. And I appreciate you guys trying all this stuff and uh, coming out about like the whistleblowers. You know, it's... I did. I didn't expect it to to go this way, man. Like I thought it. I th- I thought at the very least it was going to be like one of those things. Like, meh. Well, maybe I'll consider it again. It was legit. Like this is a fucking nightmare, dude. It, yeah. it was a fucking nightmare. And and like I said, I I have video documentation to anybody that hits me up and accuses me of fucking putting it on too heavy. I have video right. documentation of it being two mils wet. So I did the same um, it deal. Is what it is. Yeah, I did the same deal at my shop. Like I did all different ways. You know, I had like 10 sample doors, all one foot by one foot doors, oak and uh, maple. And I did testing every different way. I did shellac primer and then uni primer on top and then my top coats. I did primer at two mils wet, four mils wet, finish at two mils wet, four mils wet. I did raw doors, universal primer straight on top of that. Uh, two mils and four mils, same for the top coat, like every different way you could do it just to be like, look, it's not because of how it's fucking applied. Right. Or, or to be like, Aaron, I don't know, you fucked something up because it worked perfectly for me. <laughs> Part of me was hoping yeah. that that was going to happen just because I knew it was going to be fucking yeah, a shitty I, conversation. I would have been pissed, but yeah. yeah. So part of me was hoping but we were, that, we right? were objective. We, we yeah. did everything that we yes. could do to be objective. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, no, yeah, I don't and I see talked anybody to, else. I, yeah, I talked to like all, you know, the cool guys. We're all friendly with uh, the other big names on Instagram that like this stuff and that are using it, whatever. And so I talked to these guys, you know, like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I told them all what's going on. Um, this is what I gonna, I'm going to do. Do you have any pointers for me? You know, you want to give me any information? And it's pretty much all the same stuff. It's like nothing nothing new or special, you know, no hidden secrets about it. Um, and, and then I just did my own testing, right? There's certain ways I wanted to see, okay. Uh, like if I thin it, what does it do? If I let, you know, like everyone's like, whatever you do, don't thin it. You know, it's like, well, now I want to try. Right? So, <laughs> well, the, you know, the, the funny part about that is FPE themselves will tell you to, to thin it. You know what I'm saying? Like they say, well, yeah. you need to thin it because it's pure product. Yeah. It's pure. <laughs> it's pure paint. Look, I, you better cut so it or everybody's going to cans. <laughs> but what, but like when the cans came to me in the mail, Aaron shipped me out a couple cans, one of the primer, one of the finish. They're pretty cans. 
they look so cool, right? Like they have great labeling, even like the cute little, you know, three quarters of a gallon can is like cute looking. Did you get a chocolate bar? Uh, Their labels on top, everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Everything about it looks so nice. You know, it's like, it smells a little different out of the can. Uh, But it's like, all that doesn't mean shit, right? Like, yeah, not for I, me I guess anyway. that's what paint smells like lacking drying <laughs> agents. But... Yeah. Oh, uh, an, really another cute. thing that I didn't bring up is I, ha- I had a guy that, you know, I, I somewhat have some respect for. And his opinion was that, you know, he could have got it to dry. I don't know what you're doing wrong. You're doing something wrong. And uh, he said he would have put general finishes extender in it and he could have got it to dry. Yeah, well, another question I would... Another question I would have, well, if a product requires uh, general finishes extender to dry, then why the fuck is Fine Paints of Europe either A, not putting that in the fucking paint, or B, selling it to you? Because FPE does not sell, you know, general finishes extender. But their, their, you know, their reps and their, their, you know, uh, their customer service is going to tell you to put a third party product into you know, their paint, like that doesn't make well, any I could pull that. You know what I mean? I could pull that beef with a, but I guarantee you if it were to fail, then they would be like, well, yeah. you put general finishes. <laughs> in That's like, why does it, Absolutely. why do the new Graco guns need a anti-spit adapter to keep it from spitting at the, like that doesn't make sense. When you see yeah. somebody with a great, yeah. that, that, that is that bullshit, is weird, but, but they also sell the product to make it stop spitting. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I dude, I I love those. I love those the new PC guns. I do not like the new Titan guns. Um, but that that is one thing that I notice is those fucking things spit like crazy. Uh, I, um, I, I inherently like good with it. Just uh, just just because the way I came up, like we you know we had equipment that wasn't taken care of properly, and it never got repacked or rebuilt properly in terms of you know, rebuild kits for guns and stuff. So you always had to develop a means of spraying something to release a trigger at the perfect spot where you're not spitting on a door or on a jam or something. So that's not a big deal to me, but I have recently bought a couple of those, um, quick shots. Yeah. A couple of those clean Clean shots. So I, you know, cause spraying these two K's and stuff and me needing to release a trigger, like on an open wall, like, you know, or, or also it does, it, it helped with that FPE paint, um, in terms of re- reducing my mill build. Um, like it, it, it kind of consolidates your patterns and stuff. And it's like, it condenses your, uh, it's like it atomizes it better. So, um, I noticed that like running the FPE paint, like, you know, um, but yeah, those PC guns spit like a motherfucker. Yeah, so. I, I, I've been RX80 for a long time, and I, I, they just last forever. And I've, I've never, I've always used Graco yeah. housings and Graco fine finish tips until the HEA tips came out, and they gave me a bunch. And I was very like, yeah, fuck you. I, your tips you made for years were shit, and uh, they actually worked really well with the gauge, and um, I don't get any spitting anything like that. I do have a bunch of PC guns that I was gifted and, and tried them out. I still use them, but I just know that they're going to spit. But I just for anybody else, if you do try those, I'm not, I don't work for fucking Titan or anything, but I found something that works for me and 
even with the 2K products, thin viscous products. It, it, yeah, I, I switched my entire tip system to the F, the uh, Titan HEA, and I'm super happy with it. A low pressure saves paint. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I've I've been a trigger man for so long. Like some of the projects we get on, like it wasn't it wasn't like a you know a hard ordeal like holding a trigger down like shooting a thousand gallons a day on walls but where it came in where it started fucking up my arm was like you know shooting 300 plus doors and jams a day and just all those trigger releases oh, like yeah. non-stop trigger releases like it caused nerve damage in my arm to where i'm supposed to supposed to technically have surgery and shit so that clean that clean trigger pull with the pc is just so it's a nice trigger so easy you know what i mean yeah i do like that that's a noticeable difference um but i do want to try out danny's guns the the little mini guns i want one danny those look cool yeah yeah they're a little bit tighter though i think that if people tried them they'd be like this is way too tight of a trigger but it's very short, so that's yeah. kind of what I like about it. Even though it's a little bit harder, it's very short. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I'm like I grew up uh, or learned the same way as Aaron. Some of the machines, it's like how do you get rid of the spitting, and it's like just don't spray on the fucking substrate. It's like oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah, figure, figure it, it out. out. Or don't, which is don't, why don't so release the trigger. That's like the bucket walk, man. I was like, well, listen, I want to go top to bottom or bottom to top. So when I see guys spray wainscoting and they're spraying each individual square in the middle of the wall, I'm <laughs> oh, like, man. I'm it like, kills me. So, and it's the same for people like, Hey man, how do you get rid of the spitting? It's like, stop spraying it like that. Yeah. Just go top to bottom. <laughs> oh yeah. Or, or learn how to spray without releasing the trigger. Yeah. I mean, I, I rarely release a trigger when I'm shooting. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Probably a bad, probably a bad habit, but I don't give a shit. It works for me. <laughs> I, I'm not going to name names on this, but I, I, I had some guys, you know, come out and see me and we did some stuff and uh, they, they were, we were filming and they were wanting me to release the trigger. And I said, well, maybe if you guys made a fucking gun, that didn't spit. <laughs> but once again, it's some fucking dude in a suit who's like, well, what do you mean? Um, what do you mean? And it's like, you don't yeah. know what I mean, right. fucking idiot. What? Well, and everybody's <laughs> so football team, sports team with products like Rico Titan, and you just can't be like that, man. Like that's making yeah. blanket statements is is just uh, it's a stupid way to think about things because that'd be like, oh, we only use FPE. Well, yeah, there's some products FPE that you're not gonna like, and there's better products. So I'm sure Bear has something right. good. I don't fucking know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you just can't do that with any industry. It's 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 a sales pitch, and if you feel that way, you're duped. You're you're the sheep. <laughs> you're not a shepherd. They all they all compete yeah. with each other. All yeah. these paint companies are all competing. They're all dissecting each other's stuff. They're all trying to reverse engineer and figure out what did they put in this product. Like all of them are competing. And they're using us. It's not like one of them just broke away with a magic potion and nobody else can copy it. You know, this doesn't work. And we're their salesmen now. Competition stimulates growth. You know what I mean? Like we need, uh, we need Ford and Chevy. We need Titan and Graco. And, you know, if there was just one, there would be no innovation. Yeah. I've had Fords and Chevys and I'm not biased. It's just like, yeah, that one was good. That one wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And after 30 years of, yeah. of fucking buying tools and throwing shit away, 
I've made my own opinions, uh, which we all do, and I have them, and, yeah. you know, they, yeah, but look, so that's, uh, I'm sure everybody already knows this, but Sam runs the Painters Emporium and that's like a good collection of good tools, right? Like those are like the kind of scrapers you have are like cool scrapers that work really well. Like you could get, so I don't, I don't remember who was posting them originally, but uh, it was probably a painting by Josh yeah, yeah. Um, who had the one where you could screw in the, to the carbide scraper. And somebody's like selling knockoffs, right? It's like almost exactly the same, except you can't put an extension pull on. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like that's Those people like, were messaging me. At, part of the really cool thing about it. People were messaging yeah. me saying, hey, I got this from the Idaho painter and I don't know why it doesn't attach to a pole. How do you do it? And I said, well, it's, right. it's not the same one. It's... Right. <laughs> but it's like that kind of stuff where yeah. um, the knockoffs and the, but the competition drives it up, right? It's like, hopefully that one rises to the top because it works really well. It has the features. And I don't sell, like yeah. I, I'm not a salesman for the products. I let them just, you know, we put them out there and, you know, it's yeah. organically making its own way. Um, there were some issues with uh, yeah. the old fields brushes falling apart and uh, they're replacing them all and they re fix their system yeah. or whatever. and. That was really kind of tough to go through because I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, but we we yeah. stood behind it. That's the thing, and uh, that's the thing. You're honest about it. It's look, issues are going to come up. Like you can't control everything. That's I tell my clients. Like I, I would never sell you that everything's going to be perfect. Like we're all dealing with people. I'm dealing. I'm managing people. You know, like I people have different stuff that go on in their lives and their day and their whatever. Like you, you just can't control it. Yeah. You know, like maybe There's, this. Maybe this eco satin that we got was just a bad batch. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And this was a whole fucking waste of two and a half hours. We're a bunch of assholes now. It's a fantastic product. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if it were Sherwin, they would have came and did a PQR and a destructive mill test, sent it off to yeah. a lab and fucking replaced my product and paid me to redo it and all yada, yeah. yada, yada. But Yeah, and there's something to be said for that. Right. That's like the when you talk about Sherwin Williams, they're a much bigger company than Dun Edwards. Um, Dun Edwards is the main company that I use locally. Um, and like these companies have money behind them, you know, like my Sherwin Williams sales rep is constantly trying to get me to buy more paint from them because I spend a lot of money at Dun Edwards. And so he's like, Hey, can I bring you coffee today? You know, hey, can I bring you breakfast this morning? I'm like, fuck, no, I don't like, I don't, not into any of that shit, you know. But if I can text him and say, hey, man, can you get me, you know, this order at this store set up for tomorrow morning? And he does it, then it's like, all right, that's cool. Like, that's good. You know, I'll, I'll take that. Um, and so having sales reps, having something to fall back on, if I have an issue and I call him up and say, hey, I don't know what's going on with this product, but there's an issue on this job site. He's going to go look at it and he's going to come up with some solution to hopefully try to make me happy, to make my client happy. You know, it's not just going to be a phone call and, uh, well, I don't know, I, I could send you another gallon for free. You know, it's like, fuck. Yeah. And when a distributor is confident in a product and you have a good relationship, you get the shit for free to try out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, definitely. How'd you get that for free? My paint rep never gives me anything. Like, well, maybe you're a dick to your paint yeah. rep, and if you don't ask, you don't get, you know, be nice. Yeah, well, my Sherman rep brought over some Chem Aqua. It's 
been sitting in my shop unopened for like a month now. <laughs> he came over last week and was like, oh, you haven't tried that stuff out yet. Huh? I'm like, yeah. uh, to be it's honest, another... I haven't heard good things about Dude, it. <laughs> do you have an air assist? No. Okay. Then, no, you know, yeah, get, you, you should, you should do a mock-up sample and just run it all the shit and then tell them, Hey man, I used it and have them come over and look at it and be like, what do you think? I should just have them come over when I'm going to use it. Oh yeah, dude, check it out. I know. Get, get up, get, get it primed and get it all ready to go and do like a pissed first coat. To, <laughs> yeah. So it, so, so you close off, you know, the, the, the fucking retention yeah, for the substrate and yeah. then hand have him come there hand him the gun and have him spray <laughs> it and just just watch it all just run to shit run. right before his eyes <laughs> you know uh i have the uh the ear of the sherwin williams uh president and vice president i actually have their emails and their cards when they come to hawaii uh, they come and talk to me and uh a couple of years ago yeah. this is a kind of a fun fact story they i was in the store and i met with them and they're like hey you know buddy kind of shit and they're like is there anything that we can do to that you know make things better and i'm like as a matter of fact there is your videos that you have on your <laughs> website uh with the guy in the coveralls and he's painting with a foam brush they make us all look like idiots and uh could you maybe do something <laughs> that shows the full extent of what we do as this trade instead of trying to sell gimmick items to homeowners because we're your main customer yeah. that's applying your products yeah. and they took it to heart and within a week he sent me an email and said hey check out our new videos and i was they're super long and very detailed and a lot better and yeah i i like having the ear of them um it's come in handy a couple times even with extreme block yeah. they're like this is our answer to cover stain extreme block it blocks tannin bleeds and they gave me a bunch to try out yeah. and it did not block the tannin bleeds and then i went to them and i said you cannot sell this as an alternative to cover stain because it does not work yeah and, uh, dude i i bitch at sherwin all the time about their you know their in-house shellac like i won't use it anymore I mean, um, i've had pitting issues i have had um well i mean i guess that's pretty much it pitting issues and and, fucking, and then and then like stain blocking issues as well so i mean to me ben is really the only the only alternative out there i think right now yeah i'll use ben cover stain i use cover stain and kills more because i'm just used to it and ben i would use for smoke damage work and then i now i see all the like the pump up like ah ben is the greatest for cabinets and shit i'm like oh wow that's cool I didn't realize until recently the fucking huge price difference between Ben Zins or between Ben Shellac and Ben Zinser. I hadn't been paying attention to it. You're like fucking sixty something versus twenty something, you know? Yeah, there's supposed to be a, a shortage coming up of uh, those products. Uh, I, yeah, I, I heard that's it why I think they're uh, getting pulled off of our shelves soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I, I'm completely stocked on shellac right now. I went and bought everything a couple months ago. Like I spent a thousand dollars on on five gallons of kills and cover stain and any bin I could find. I just stockpiled, and then they're like, "Yeah, there's a shortage coming up." I'm like, "All right, I'm covered." <laughs> 
Wait. Danny, what do you, uh, did you have, have any issues these last several months of like shortages and stuff like that where you are? Like having to change any of your A couple, products? actually. That Renaissance product I was talking about, they're a little low on that. So we were going to something else. Um, but the, the lacquers, no. The primer we were using, they were charging me a $35 surcharge on every five-gallon pail I was buying to deter people from buying it because they couldn't keep up. But it, mostly the shortages are yeah. in uh, sundries and supplies and, and wall paint stuff. Like for us as a lacquer crew, we don't suffer too much from it. Yeah. 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 It's been pretty good. But I. Yeah. I don't, rem I don't really remember hearing too much out of Canada. I don't really remember hearing too much like uh, out of Canada with all the paint shortages. I don't. No, I'm sure there was a bunch of it happening when they fucking had all the truckers that were parked up in the capital and stuff like that. Right. So, mm. but. Yeah. I didn't feel it too much. I mean, maybe some guys did, but I, I didn't really feel it at all. Yeah. It hasn't been bad for me these last couple of years. Like we, we've had like here and there, we have an issue with it, but it's like, you know, Dunn Edwards right now is out of deep bases in their hybrid product. And mm -hmm. so I just go to Sherwin Williams, you know, and get their deep base. And I've, I've bought the majority of my paint through Dunn Edwards and we're a pretty big buyer with them. So we get some preferential treatment, but it really hasn't been, we haven't had the issues here that people seem to be having, you know, like across the country, Midwest, I guess, seems like a lot more there. Yeah. Not too big. Issues. My store is pretty pro proactive. Like the manage, the, the store management has changed. My sales rep has changed, but like the previous store manager was like, we're, you know, out of the stores in northern arkansas and springfield missouri and shit like um you know i i know just by talking to people like he's been very proactive and he's made sure we've stayed stocked but having said that i've gotten hit a little bit here and there like i pre-stocked a job one of our exterior projects coming up but i pre-stocked it with like 100 gallons of duration and uh like 60 or 80 gallons of exterior uh a 100 alkyd primer and um yeah shit i had to he found he found the alkyd primer like in a in a dnc and i ended up getting like like i said he ordered like 80 gallons shit. all in singles <laughs> but, yeah it changed my game a little bit when i bid now uh, i'll actually come home before i send the price out and and find out what materials are available and I'll reserve them and then I'll give my price. And if there's any product changes on what I discussed with the customer, I'll let them know that because of the shortage, this is all that's available and uh, just make it real clear. And then I reserve it. And I, I got to a point where they sold my reserve. So I was actually just buying it then and going in and, uh, like don't sell my shit and they finally got the point because i i got mad at them like you sold my paint what <laughs> yeah they they pissed me off once with that like they they did it to me one time where you know hey set this shit aside and the previous store manager you know we had a decent relationship but he's he's fucking you know you can tell he's greedy he just wants to turn his numbers and stuff but he sold some shit out from underneath me so i I had some phone calls to make and some fucking asses to chew, but they didn't do it to me again. I also started like buying shit in advance and just sitting on it. And then I would go fucking return it right before 
uh like his his monthlies you know <laughs> so if you want to fuck you want to fuck with me like that oh, then man. here's what i can do you're not gonna hit your quota now <laughs> yeah a lot of them don't understand that so he loses on his sales yeah yeah <laughs> we've been doing this a lot longer than they have been a clerk that's a pretty good one. I haven't heard of that. That's though. pretty funny. <laughs> I've had I've had my salesman be like, "Hey, I know you got that big project coming up. Could you buy that paint like before Saturday, <laughs> just to yeah. pump up July yeah. or whatever?" Yeah, and that you know they've done they've done some shit. You know he's done shit like that. Hey man, you want to get this and this so I can, you know, so I can hit my my quota for yeah. the month. And I've went out of my way to do that and. Yeah. You know, so that when he fucking, you know, sold that shit out from under me. So I was like, all right, dude, you want to fucking do this? Like, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll see what's up. Did they just get dropped out? (laughs) I don't know. We'll see if they pop back up in the, in the waiting room. Yeah. Yeah. We had a pretty good run tonight though. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they pop back on. Uh, But Danny from top line, he's got. Uh, good painting podcast going on real talks of psc i think it is it's kind of motivating to get information out there because it is it's just really helpful like no matter who you are if you're in this industry just getting like some real feedback real knowledge like that shit is valuable you know it's even if it's in smaller bits and large chunks whatever it's just valuable to have valuable to hear someone talk about the things that you're specifically working on like day in, day out, you're trying to make your money this way. Any information you can get is usually helpful. All right. So I think we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, I think we had enough. We went pretty deep in on Centurion and FPE and everything else. Uh, Sam, thank you for coming on again. I think this is like three or four times in. Um, Danny, thank you very much for jumping in today. As always, please like our YouTube page, give us five-star only reviews on all podcast platforms. If you have questions or comments, send them over to hello at paintsniffers.com or on Instagram at paint underscore sniffers. You can also watch the video version of the podcast on the Alpha Painting YouTube page. Go to playlists and it will be filed under Paint Sniffer Podcast. Via YouTube, you can write into qa at paintsniffer.com. Thank you for listening to Paint Sniffer Podcast.